You have officially been cleared for communication with the Is It Safe Podcast. Your contact's code names are Luke. There's absolutely no there's absolutely no downside to shifting the entire fucking Overton window uh, to the point where it fucking obliterates itself in the horizon. That, however, the grassroots matter. And it starts even below U.S. representative. It starts at your your county level, your city level, your village, township, whatever level. Mike, this is about Entitlement 101. This is about social media. And Kelly Stafford has a voice because her husband is a professional football player. And then she got all these followers. Otherwise, Kelly Stafford wouldn't really be someone who would get all this attention. And I almost hate the fact that we're talking about it. And Scott. I, I could imagine just a, a spot for these assholes think COVID's real. Here's a song by Ozzy Osbourne from 95. Recording has started. That's correct. The show has begun. The show has begun. This is yeah, the Is It Safe podcast. <laughs> no, it's already been done. <laughs> what if it's, uh, well, yeah, what if we're just talking, you know? Why do people have to do these intros? Why can't you just flip the switch and you just jump into the middle of a conversation? What, what if that was like a yeah, like we just did 11 seconds ago. It's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. that's kind yeah. of what we did. Well, I'm this is the Edge Safe podcast. Yeah, sorry. We missed last week. I don't think we have any dedicated listeners, so it doesn't matter. But uh, uh, if you do listen to this and you've listened to all three episodes, I think this is the fourth, isn't it? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like technically, like in terms yeah. of once we created a logo and... Yeah, it says episode four. Yeah, it says episode four right at the top there. My mom, told, yeah. me to, my mom told me to hit her up when we get our shit together. That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, that's very it's fair. Wise. That's yeah. totally fair. So, yeah, John, you're excited about this uh, gruff Spartan helmet. Congratulations. Go to town on it if you want to share your your passion for it. It's a big day in Detroit and the city <laughs> and the state. I will congratulate Michigan State on making the least disgusting uh, uh, uniform modification in the school's history. Wait, hold, yeah. what, are, what are you guys? This is did this recently happen? Yeah, today uh, the the school announced that it was reprising and bringing back Gruff Sparty, which was a you know it, it's it's the best. Okay, it's I got just you. the best. Yeah, it's the Spartan. Cool. And basically, all he's missing is like the Popeye corn cob pipe. That's right. But yeah, he's got the Spartan <laughs> helmet on. He's you know he's unshaven. And they're going to feature him finally uh, on the helmet as we get our asses rolled by an awful Penn State team uh, on Saturday. <laughs> and when we can all look at the helmets and say, yay, we got, <laughs> we got the Gruff Smarty back from the 80s, which is cool, you know, because these stodgy ass, it's like how corporations work. You know, someone's like, you know, that thing. Like A and P. I remember going to A and P and just marveling at the colors that that 1976 orange, red, yellow, brown uh, kind of combo. And it was brilliant. And I've always loved that. But, you know, it's like you can't you can't get anyone to just go back to a to a simpler time. And so though my Spartans are an absolute disgrace on the gridiron. We're going to be rocking those old 80s gruff Sparty helmets. And for, for that, I am I am thankful. <laughs> for that, <laughs> By the way, this is uh, the fifth episode. <laughs> <laughs> I was wrong. So. 
Yeah. You know, I, I actually do like that logo and uh, it's kind of a, of a piece with uh, the, the drunken fighting Irishman of Notre Dame, mm-hmm. you know, the, the brawling like yes. dukes up Irishman. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, it's I'm just, all for that. You just assume he's drunk though. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I mean, he's fighting. I assumed he has 10 he kids an and he beats his wife too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and his name's Patty. I was thinking the person who found the gruff Sparty idea or like rediscovered it was probably like, oh, thank God it's not a racist logo. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's just, it's just um, a gruff looking dude. Unshaven. Uh, he needs a corn cob pipe, but otherwise. <laughs> I think it's anti-Aegean. <laughs> you know, that's a boy. We're really digging. We're really digging to the bottom of the barrel for our uh, <laughs> racist tropes now, aren't we? I suppose so. It's uh, everything's got to be PC, man. Got to be PC. No, it's what are good. They fighting the line eye. Do they? They don't have a fighting. It's just the fighting the line eye, but they don't it's, have a it's fight. It's the letter the I. Yeah, that's all it is. Uh, they're they're all the good at basketball right now. Yeah. yeah, they got a hot hoops team for sure. It sucks that uh, yeah, Big Ten basketball is just ruined. COVID's gonna screw everything up. So yeah, well, COVID. Yeah, no, Mich- I'm not a Michigan State fan, but Michigan State Virginia was a huge game, and now it's been postponed. So yeah, That's I can't cool. I can't take any of it seriously. I mean, as much as I, you know, you can ask Matt. I I'll needle him when Michigan State's good, and they'll, and they'll come back when Michigan's good. But uh, you know, I want to I want to boast, but this it just none of this shit feels real. Like Michigan State beating Michigan, you know, this year just didn't. None of this shit feels real. It's just some like abstract exercise, and let's see how far we can go without this thing totally going off the rails. And so, you know, for that reason and a number of others, I just don't. Just I don't consider anything that's happening in sports to be quote unquote like real or authentic. COVID is just trying its hardest to sideline athletics. And honestly, it's getting to a point basically, you know, now or yesterday or five weeks ago where we should just start kind of acquiescing to something that's a little bit larger than us right now. I've been loving watching some college hoops, though. I've watched all kinds of college hoops. I watch non-conference stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm, watch, I'm watching these, you know, I'm watching Texas versus, uh, I don't know, who did Texas play? I'm trying to remember that game. It was a good game. Anyway, I'm watching teams that I don't care about, that I normally wouldn't care about, because it's just fun. Because it's it a damn fun. outlet, man. It's the yeah. same reason I was telling you earlier. So my biggest thing is that I've just been chewing up rock docs like the last couple of weeks, just, I am so thirsty. And so I, I can watch like a rock doc and watch like footage of Oasis, like blowing up in 95. <laughs> and it almost makes me cry. I'm just like, I've never wanted so much to just lick a stranger's face and be around <laughs> like, you know, I just want to be around 1700 people at the majestic watching some band that I like, don't yeah. really don't even, even care about give a shit about. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's yeah. well, so that's the funny thing, you know. I mean, well, it's not funny, but these these venues are going, you know, going out. And Matt, I know you know the Proto Martyr guys 
And he, you know, he was, I was texting with Greg and he's like, yeah, man, we, you know, a band that's toured the globe. And he's like, I already know 30, 40, 50 venues that we've played at that are just done 86, you know, Majestic's for sale. And it's really bleak to, to think about. Wait, for real? Majestic is for sale? Yeah. Yeah. The Majestic. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, as of I don't know, like three three months ago or so. But holy fuck! All right, yeah. So, but it's so I, it's yeah, it's it's hard to think about. And sorry, Matt, it's hard to think about like who's going to acquire these properties and what they're going to turn into. And the future of live entertainment is going to be really <clears throat> weird. And then it's going to come back, and it's going to be more expensive. You know, like things like like tra- like flight and entertainment. It's it's going to get more expensive before it doesn't. So like. Yeah. You know, who's well, going to be okay. shows? They're just going to all have Quicken Loans logos on them suddenly, and that'll be it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's, it's satellite it's, offices and sell more mortgages. You know, I do. Yeah, I'm I'm saddened for the people who own venues now, but I think there's there's going to be a huge resurgence of live music. I think, and mm-hmm. I, and it make yeah, you're right. It may cost more, and and I actually on your point about flights, I think flights were too cheap. To be honest, fl- flying was really fucking cheap. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. Matt is a neoliberal point of view again. Yeah, what the fuck is <laughs> that? No, He's no, up the airlines. No, man, this is the airlines. I think, I think, I think it's artificially cheap air air travel for the impact that it causes on the environment, and it should be more expensive. It should be less attainable. Yeah, it should be more expensive, and it should also they have. The, just like anything else, it's like weird financialization that happens like within all their their sets of charges and everything. Like if you've ever flown like Spirit, it's it's been going like for fifteen years or so. They've you know they charge you for your seats. Uh, they charge you. I mean, it's it's really really like infuriating to just do anything with the airline like that. And that's because it's incentivized to continuously drop the price. It gets ridiculous just to get people to fly, uh, but then it's it's like a completely inconvenient system to begin with. And yeah, I, I kind of agree with you, Matt. I, I do feel like you, nobody should be spending eighty dollars on a round trip from New York to Michigan. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's nuts because look at what they're like. Look at what they're getting away with. All the other stuff too. Like it's just it's poorly. Uh, poorly attended to the whole thing feels like you're it feels like you're on that plane from major league you know with like <laughs> on, the, on the wing <laughs> and like all the guys are like praying but That's i think, I think here it's like i'm lost here so are you want it to be cheaper or more expensive i don't get it uh, flying, I, think I, think, I think it should just cover what it costs yeah, and, exactly. And I don't think it's reflective bullshit when it comes to like cutting corners on on prices. Yeah, but live music, depending on who is the ultimate beneficiary, like the bands get the money, or does like a ticketing agency get the money, or does the venue get the money? You know, those are, you know, like who is benefiting from that? That that will be determined, I guess. But I think we bono who benefits. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And mm-hmm. I think I think uh, I think there's going to be a huge resurgence to live music, and even even in a uh, a normal marketplace. Think about all the venues that have come and gone that you've been to, you know, clutch cargoes, and, oh, man. You know, like all these places that you, you know, had like a seven year run of like good shows because they had a good booking agent. 
mm-hmm. but then then that booking agent went over to El Club or went over to yeah. whatever, you know. And, mm-hmm. and when will the El Club die out? Well, somebody will just buy it because it's got a nice sound system, you know, and it's got a liquor license. Like that stuff is forever. <laughs> yeah, it was like all of a sudden there was the shows at the L Club one day to me. I'm like, oh, these people play here now. Okay. Cool. I think scenes have their time and and like they have a span of time and a place. If you look back at what broke the garage of Detroit in, in the two, early 2000s, it was like the Gold Dollar Club and it was other places like that that don't exist anymore, you know? And then, St. And then Andrews was, never dies, though, man. St. Andrews, Andrews is still there. going. St. Andrews is still going. But it, but it has changed. And the Magic Stick went, you know, went from being a rock club to being this techno bullshit to being a rock club again <laughs> to being closed. Yeah. And I don't know. I just think about, like, some of the places that I would see shows that just don't exist anymore. Like, uh, there was a place called The Mug. I don't know if you guys ever went there. The Michigan Underground. It was, like, by the Recycling Center. Yeah. Or uh, <laughs> That's a uh, great name. You know, like that was short lived. I feel or, like. or the Cade. Do you guys remember the Cade? Yeah, the Cade. Dude, the Cade was sweet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, were you at that show that everybody got busted at? Uh, no, what show was it? I, I I don't know, but I I remember people who got like it was a big thing. The ACLU had a case against uh, the Detroit police because they like That's shut it cool. down as an illegal venue and impounded like three hundred people's cars or whatever. And holy uh, shit. I almost, yeah, I almost lived above the Cade for a second. It, there was like, it, it was available, that space for, you know, whatever it was in 2010, uh, $55 a month or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I a month. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That was with Luke in New York City. So that was before <laughs> those things became trendy. That was like 2007. So. I mean, I think it's cool when venues stick around, like, you know, I think it would be sweet to see a show at like the Viper Room in L.A. or to see a show, sweet which is where River I think Phoenix died yeah, on the ground, where River dude. Phoenix died. Right? Yeah, um, you, know, you brought up a good point though. Like as you know, taste whatever popular culture change, you'd just be around long enough to see you know your favorite club turn into like some techno bullshit club, and then. You know, who the hell knows what it would still be so hard. I just think it would be it would be great, you know, but it would be really hard for some place like that to maintain its identity without, you know, needing to pay the bills. Yeah. And that's what I'm concerned about is that there's going to be, you know, a mentionable like shift in power in who holds you know, who has these clubs. And I just, to Matt's point, I understand that clubs come and clubs go. And I understand that. I just, I worry that, you know, if Detroit has 37 venues for live music yesterday, independently held that maybe by, you know, March or April or summer, whenever the fuck that we're talking about normal shit that it's like 11 now or whatever. And I just, that's the thing that, that's the thing that concerns me. I'm not even a band. I don't even really have a, where's your sweet band, bro. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to, you know, it used to be where us four could just, you know, uh, we all get vaccinated in, in on June 10th and then June 13th, we can all uh, play we'll a show. Hey, Giles. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you, you're right though. I mean, the demand is going to be extraordinary when, yeah, you know, when we finally got, a, you know, some, some green lights uh, to get out there and, and see some shows. And that is, yeah, maybe a bunch closed down, but hopefully, you know, places like Quicken Loans don't want to buy places like that because they're not, um, uh, what, what do you say, uh, like coded for that use. For it's going to be a great yeah. time to be, you guys are missing the point. It's going to be a great time to be single, man. Man, it's a good time to get laid. <laughs> You're right. I am missing that point. Holy you God. are. Sorry, man. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to so be, uh, wow. be a hot dong fest. Oh, my <laughs> that's so funny, man. I, I have uh, my, uh, my I have a. <laughs> I have a younger friend who is just like fresh off a relationship and he was like, what do I, what do I do, man? And I'm like, I'm like, dude, I think you just download the top six dating apps in, in the country and you just swipe right on everybody. Yeah. You know, sift off, you know, who's worth having a conversation with and then just never meet them but be totally <laughs> just be, just crank up just crank up the interest and the tension over months oh dude months. yeah foreplay in the next <laughs> six months is gonna be epic well they say the brain is the biggest sexual organ in your body <laughs> we're gonna this is this is the sapio sexual generation coming up <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, man. I don't know. He's like, and then today we met. He's like, I'm on, I'm on this, I'm on this app Hinge. Have you ever heard of it? I'm like, I'm like, no, man. I, I was, I was just a, I was just a Tinder, Bumble, OKC guy, depending on what level, <laughs> what level of like professional woman I wanted to meet. <laughs> like, I want to, I, I, man, I'm really in the mood for like a marketing director type. <laughs> Where do you go from that? I'm going to hit uh, that's Bumble. Yeah. It's like match.com. I'd say that also would be match, but yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny is uh, my girlfriend who I'm with now, I actually met, this is a true story. I met her on plenty of fish of all the sites <laughs> in the world. That's where I met her. And she ended up being an incredible human being. It's, it defies all the odds. It An really exceptional does. human being on plenty of fish. Amazing. It's crazy. It's yeah. I don't know oddly enough, I met my girlfriend on Farmers Only. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we, we, both lived in, we both lived in Midtown. It was really weird. <laughs> Christian <laughs> You both, uh, you both ironically were on the same app. I'm looking for women that yeah, are lying about where they live and they're actually just in court town. <laughs> That's a good call. I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> but I, you know, I, I thought about that because I think about where I work. There's this, we're always talking about the future where I work. It sucks right now. You know, I'm there every yeah. day. Today was the worst. Today was just like, staring out the window there's nothing <laughs> happening minutes are dragging by i felt like i was in high school or like my early 20s again i'm like this sucks this is not what i signed up for Oof. and i'm being relegated i'm like the managerial i'm a salaried guy but i'm being relegated to do the work of like 
people's hours that we're cutting. So I'm actually like valet driving now. Yeah. You know, because that's what I got to do. I got to cut their hours and then I got to do all their work for them because I got to be justifying my value. And yep. yeah, and they're back. Like, they're backloading on you times two. Basically. Yeah. And it's, it's going to get worse because, but I was thinking about the, there's a rooftop bar at this hotel and I'm just thinking about the future. It's always about tomorrow. It's like someday it's going to be some assholes going to be shit faced in the lobby, you know, causing a scene. It's going to be a madhouse someday. But <laughs> that'll be great. Yeah. Oh, be yeah. <laughs> not well, now. That's not the time right now. I think that someday <laughs> is actually pretty soon. You know, I'm kind of, for the first time, I'm feeling kind of optimistic about shit. I mean, watching yeah. people get vaccinated in Great Britain. Yeah. It's, it's a big deal. It's going to happen. It is a it's a huge deal, and that that brings the entire world way closer to a, a viable vaccine. Yeah, that's true. I, <clears throat> so I mean, that, I don't that's... want to be that guy because you know, if you know me, I'm not that guy. But I don't, I don't love pharmaceutical corporations. So no, you're you know, an anti. I'm not an anti. I'm not an anti-vaccine. So, well, the thing know? that. I think it's like still driving me nuts is like not, none of this is all like universally uh, free. It just is crazy. You know, I mean, maybe when the vaccine is developed and reliable, maybe that will be free. But uh, I don't know. I haven't heard that. Quite it is yet. in Great Britain. It, yeah, right. The, the <laughs> right. NHS. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, hey, you know, nothing. It's, it's nothing but a hundred and twenty-five dollar round trip flight on Spirit Airlines to get to Great Britain. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, well, wow. and you know why it's hundred twenty-five bucks? Because the government subsidizes the bullshit airlines. That's right. <laughs> it bails them out when they have a problem, not, Man, not regular people. That's five hundred though after your bags. So yeah, exactly. exactly. Once you once you put bags in there, that's uh, it nah. It's it's funny you say that though. It's like you. You know, I've, I'm not anti-vax, but I am, pardon me if I'm skeptical about how things <laughs> are rolled out. Like, can you imagine, can you imagine like someone, you know, like right now I'm like secretly working on a cure for cancer and I just find it five minutes after the podcast ends. Then you got to think about how to like roll it out and how to monetize it. I mean, capitalism still has its veiny cock sugar <laughs> so you know i mean you come up with something great like you gotta it's not like you're just gonna start throwing it out to everybody it's like all right well how can we you know recoup some of these like research costs and shit like that you know like yep. no one wants to operate at a loss uh i mean how do you roll I actually have no idea how this is being paid for. Like, yeah. What'd you, you got? Know, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was, I think the government's paying for some of it. Yeah. A lot of the RD paid for by the government. Thing is, but some yeah. of it was developed outside of that. So I have no idea yeah. how it's being paid for. Yeah, exactly. Oh, what what'd you guys think from prior subsidies, like subsidizing of their, you know, R and D efforts from before. So what'd you guys think of our last U our last three U S presidents, Locking arms and saying that they would take the Ooh. vaccine on on camera. Oh, oh, That's exciting. I missed it. Oh, what an exciting day. Well, I don't know to see to see, uh, you know, uh, Barry W and Willie, you know, <laughs> just 
Well, Will, yeah, Willie wants to get out and there and, and, get, and Willie, want, Willie, Willie wants to get out there again too and get on Christian Mingle and. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. I heard Hart can't take it anymore though. So I heard he's on he, the sideline. Oh, I don't know. Bad well, day for he, old Willie. He he looks. I I've he's seen a lot of old now. He's day, more and more and he horrible. Yeah, yeah, he looks kind of frail. He, well, do you remember that video of him at the? Democratic National Convention with the balloons, where he's like, <laughs> well, shit, we're ma- they were making McDonald's jokes about him on Saturday Night Live in 1992. Yep. So, yep. Yep. Oh my God. That's Bill right. Warlords. Yeah. Yeah. We're in hey, that sweatshirt. He was still flipping states in 92, though. So, no disrespect. Oh, he was. <laughs> Big time. No doubt about it. But I. I hadn't seen that, so I'm. Were you really impressed? Was it a special moment to see all three? It would have been really impressive if Trump was in between all of them. That would yes, have been, yes, that I would, would have not have missed that. That see now that now we're talking. That would have been yeah. a real photo op, like a big fucking grin. That Trump grin, the whitest teeth with the orange hair in between yeah. all. Also, like, arms around both sides. Yes, I thought they're trying to bring people together. I thought they're trying to bring us all back to decency and like heal the nation. Would wouldn't that be the the correct gesture putting your that'd arm around be, a monster that'd be a hell of a monster i i actually think they would do that they would, so? for, for a specific cause do think, they would do, do that they, would not. they sold their souls to be president of the united states they'll do anything that anything. is that is true but they'll do anything if they feel like there's some form of benefit to them it, a, a genuinely good gesture. I don't, I don't know. It, it's a tough one. You know, I I remember when Obama took a big old drink of Flint water. That hey, was that was, uh, oh. that was cringy at minimum, and yeah. uh, hor- like just horribly uh, propagandistic at, at worst. I want to tell you, man. These people are the toughest fucking people that ever lived, man. These people are <laughs> today. They're hustling at a bustling. People are staying at the hotel I work at. People are running around doing business. It's still alive there. I mean, and this is like they've been treated as bad as anybody could be treated. And oh, that's still, right. You work in Flint. It's tremendous resolve these people have. I really mean that with all sincerity. I really do. Mike, take us, t- take me and, and all of our listeners at home through <laughs> uh, what what it is that you do. I mean, what does it say you do here? Uh, <laughs> Well, take, Bob, me, take, me, take me through it. Uh, well, I, I'm a work like a, I run a valet thing at this hotel, a brand new Hilton Garden Inn, now open and currently available. We have rooms 10 stories high, guys. Don't when, when did the hotel open? It's only been a month. This is a brand new venture. Somebody had the balls, the gusto to say, you know what? Let's fucking do it. <laughs> right in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. We can survive this. So here we are. So it's downtown Vehicle City? That's right. It's right there in the heart of it, right on Saginaw Street with the bricks and the Vehicle City signs just up the road. It's like one block off of that. And uh, actually, the, the old local 432 where it now exists is one block behind me. Uh, the, if for those of you that ever... The venue? Yeah. Well, I, the I know the hardcore moved, venue? I know that they had moved it because the original one was in a different location. But as it exists today, yes. That is, yes, the hardcore venue. Shit, my band in college played that. Played that right. Venue. It was the yeah. old, but I, I'm pretty sure the old one moved from. The, but it's still open. But it's and then behind in. behind that, right behind that's the the burger joint. Uh, torch. Yeah. Tor- is it torch? Oh, 
Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's a top. That's a top seven burger in in Metro Detroit. Wow. Okay. Right? Flint is Metro Detroit, eh? Or uh, extended, extended oh, Metro Detroit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Romeo, Romeo nice is Metro semantics. Detroit too. Nice semantics, Matt. Was a, it was the right call out. It was. <laughs> no, Matt. Um. So, so Matt was like, I'm reading the, I'm reading the, the new, you know, Obama book, and I'm like, okay. So I'm part of the, the library network, and I go online, and I'm looking at all of these libraries that are part of it, and there was one copy of A Promised Land. And it was in Ad- and it was in <laughs> Addison Township, Michigan. Have you guys heard? Oh, oh yeah, heard, Addison heard Oaks. Uh, there's a park there, Addison Oaks. And you, Matt, would know. I, I, um, I have never heard of it. Yeah, and so it's in I, Oakland County, right? Jesus, yeah, I need to learn a lot more about Oakland County. I it's think. west of it over like, the last. Uh, it's a few miles west of Romeo, like directly yeah. west. Oh yeah, Romeo. I love yeah. Romeo. Yeah, so I think I took a couple puffs of weed and got in my girlfriend's car and drove <laughs> up and, and got the book. <laughs> you too. Well, hey. It your life, right? You know what? That's fine. Um, I'm 100 and about 200 pages deep. It's 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 enjoyable. Enjoyable. <laughs> well, at any rate, yeah, there's, it's, there's not a lot going on up there, but there are people on the streets every day doing stuff and there there is life out there. It's very strange to see, but people are... All the restaurants are closed now. We closed our restaurant once the mandate got extended for another, was it 12 days? 12 days, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right? They were doing to go, and then they're like, fuck it, we give up. We're just going to close, because odds are that thing will keep extending itself probably a little bit longer. Yeah, yeah. At least there's some type of uh, vaccine-related relief. And then there's also pressure on Whitmer to be like, hey, could you, do you think we'll live in a world where Whitmer will have to, will mandate the vaccine? I just don't see that. You mean Whitmer? You mean Whitmer. Excuse me, excuse me, Whitler. <laughs> I have yeah. not heard that. That's interesting. Yeah. You have not heard that. You do not hang out with uh, super spreaders. Far enough west. <laughs> you do not hang out far enough west. <laughs> oh, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Uh, no, <laughs> but there's no way she can mandate that. I, I, maybe there is. Maybe that's like the new world we'll live in. But I just people who are worried about that are probably people that you don't want to be around anyways because you want to get the vaccine eventually, regardless. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like it's just silly to even, you know, debate about it. Well, yeah. it's not. Of course, it's silly, but it is relevant. <laughs> people are, there's a lot of people out there in Michigan. You know, there's I mean, the right. one million people or what? Matt knows this. How many people are in the metro Detroit area? Two to three million? The metro oh, like, well, depending on how you define it. Four. Four. Oh, I think that's. Well. Yeah. If you count it's Anderson almost, Township. Right. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's see, there's there's like. Two million people in Wayne. There's over one million in Oakland. There's almost a million people in Macomb. Oh, shit. and then if you go beyond that, if you include Ann Arbor and Washington, yeah, uh, yeah. is Ann Arbor part of the Metro Detroit area? I would say if somebody asked me, it would depend on the context. I would say no. If they were from farther away, I'd say yes. But if they were from more close range, I'd say no. I think those metro areas now overlap big time yeah. like that's my, yeah because uh some of the you know like canton like what is canton well canton is like metro ann arbor but it's also mm-hmm. metro detroit now that's mm-hmm. right hey this is, this is the same podcast are you fascinated by where your metroplex overlaps with another one call in now one nine hundred by the way uh, i think there's only one metroplex that's dallas fort worth right 
Uh, the Boss Wash Corridor is really. Uh, yeah, yeah. The you know, well, that's like a uh, that's like a mega, a megaplex. The Boston. Yeah, Washington that's a megalopolis. That's what yeah. that is, right? Soon yeah. to be. Yeah, that's true. Dallas Fort Worth. There's there's kind of like the the tri the Raleigh Durham Chapel Hill. Yeah, the triangle. Uh, the, the triangle. Minnesota St. Paul. Minneapolis St. Paul. Is that a metroplex? I don't know. That's a good question. I think I think that's just a. A metro area it's two with two giant cities that are right next to each other I didn't, yeah there's a hard stop you, you cross it's like a alter road in east east detroit like <laughs> you cross you cross over and it's like a different situation there's like a road you know that probably surrounds minneapolis st paul and then once you go beyond it it's a totally different reality i don't know if i feel bad or not that i know exactly what you mean when you say that but i do know it <laughs> Uh, Luke, have you ever been to Minnesota? Because I've never been to Minnesota. Not once. <clears throat> yeah, I, I haven't been to oh, any right. like uh, outside of being uh, all the way, all the way to the tip of the UP. Uh, in Copper Fort Harbor, Michigan, Michigan, Iron Mountain. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I have not been. I've not been past that. So I've I've never actually been into Wisconsin. Uh, you know, never been to Minnesota, Dakota. Any of that. No, I, I've never. I've never like. I was, we were only five miles away, you know, we were up in Iron Mountain. <laughs> oh, never... Okay, okay, okay. Milwaukee. Wanna... You got to go to Milwaukee. Yeah, That's yeah. Great. I was just going to tell the story. Totally, so... I would definitely do that. <laughs> I, finally, I finally went to Milwaukee in 2016. I'd never been there. I was working a job where I was like a, a trap. I was like a liaison to, uh, we sold software for small colleges, very small colleges, like 1,000 to 3,000 enrollment. So we'd sell like all the. Where'd you oh, go? Beloit, Beloit College? Yeah, sure. Is that uh, Olivet? I, I was okay, one of our Olivet, uh, yeah. customers. A very small, very near small. near uh, Milwaukee. You know. Yeah. Well, no. This. So I drove because I got flying issues. I've had some flying issues over the years, and uh, so I would try to rent a car and drive if I could avoid are, flying. Are you on? Are you on a no fly list? It doesn't. <laughs> I, something happened. Just, uh, so did you say something happened? Yeah, I'm on the no fly list. No. I, yeah, you I've made had my, you made it sound way more intriguing. It, well, I was trying to go along with Matt's story. Anywho, so <laughs> college, the college is actually way up in northern Wisconsin, uh, north of Green Bay. So it's almost right by that tip of Michigan that comes down on the west side, right? I can't remember the name of it. It was a tiny fucking college. So I was hitting a college in Illinois and then making my way up there. So I'm like, oh, I'll spend the night in Milwaukee. I've never been there before. So I did. And it's right on the water. What do you know? It's really cool. Right on Lake <laughs> it, It's like a giant uh, giant ham trammock. <laughs> you know? But it's uh, or a, a smaller Chicago. Dude, that's exactly how I picture it in my head. A giant ham trammock. Like There's the, a bar on uh, every corner in Milwaukee and some in yeah. the middle of the block, too. Yeah, <laughs> like the buildings aren't that big, uh, but you know, they kind of got like that row house look, kind of like uh, Philly or Pittsburgh or something. It, it, it's a cool town. Uh, I yeah. I went there maybe 2018 with my brother. My brother has a friend who lives there and it's close to Chicago. You know, it's like an yeah. hour yeah. drive. So we just like on Labor Day weekend or whatever, went to Milwaukee and hung out for a couple <laughs> nights and rode our bikes around and drank. Yeah, that's largely visiting Milwaukee. Largely means you just lost your way outside of Chicago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're like, shit, we're in Chicago, but fucking Milwaukee is only 11 miles away. 
Yeah, if you go on this far, might as well keep on going. But I didn't finish my story, by the way. So oh, okay. okay. So I still got to get up to that college and talk with the people, do my liaison. <laughs> yeah, on. So still, you haven't done that yet. You still haven't done that. I spent the night in Milwaukee, and uh, I did not drink. Uh, you know, if you know me, I just I'm by myself. I'm not going to go out and drink. I'm going to find the best McDonald's type place around. The best, <laughs> the best, store. The best McDonald's type place, and you're going to find a good burger in Milwaukee. Yeah, I guarantee you. I did. I found a great burger and I found a barbecue and I loaded up on all of it because you get like $45 in per diem. So I went to town and I probably ate all of it. Uh, I'd like to mention I was also on opioids at the time. So uh, I'm a traveling opioid salesman. In a... <laughs> so let's, I, get, let's get more into that. <laughs> so I, run out of, uh, I run out of pills after that Milwaukee night and I got to get up to that college and I'm mm. like, all right, I'll go to the college and I'll go home. And then uh, she had to reschedule for another day. So I had to stay in Wisconsin another night. And I, I was driving on my way up there. And, you know, it's like at least two hours more to get up to northern Wisconsin from Milwaukee area. And she canceled on my ride up. And I'm like, shit, I'm out of pills. And <laughs> I got to hang out here for another day. That's not a good thing. So I decided to take the scenic route, I called my dealer in Detroit, and I'm like, hey, man, uh, what's going on? You got any pills? And he's like, uh, well, you give me a couple hours. I'm like, well, if I got a couple hours. I'd probably take me six, seven hours to drive there. He's like, all right, cool, man. I'll see you around midnight. So I drive all the way up through northern Wisconsin into Michigan, and I come all the way back down No, you couldn't have, man. That takes like 15 hours. No, it didn't. It didn't. It took me like six and a half hours, seven Ooh. hours max. To drive through the UP down to Detroit? Okay. Yeah. So about an hour, you can get two to hours. Michigan, Wisconsin to go through. So so from Wisconsin to the bridge, two hours, probably. Okay. All right. And then however long it takes from the bridge yeah, down. Four, what is that? Four, four and a half, five hours? Yeah. So dri- seven driving hours. 175 miles an hour. Yeah, dude. No, no, no. From... From I said I was on opioids, so I may have misremembered this. So go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I don't, also, I don't mean to I don't mean to put you on blast, but uh, from Iron That's Mountain, good. from Iron Mountain, Michigan to the Mackinac Bridge has got to be three hours and forty-five minutes. <laughs> it's got. It's got to be. This is turning into an argument between my mom and dad. Uh, <laughs> no, it was, uh, it was uh, that's August of 1974. No, no, nope. It was definitely July. I, I know that it takes three hours to get to Grand Rapids. Okay, well, even guy, better. I lived on Alter. Right on Alter, by the way. So that's where I was going. So, no, look at this. Okay, look, I was right. I'm telling you. I'm, telling you, I'm not that crazy. All right, well. I don't want to argue about it because it's not that important. Anyways, I drove all the way through there, all the way down to Detroit, picked up the pills. Then I was like, well, I can't stay here. So then I drove four and a half, five more hours to Milwaukee. Finally went back to Milwaukee and fell asleep in whatever time it wait, was. Wait, wait, wait. You just did a whole lap around yeah, the I'm Western Great Lakes. That much I do know. However long it took, I did the fucking circle the fucking lakes. Oh, my God. You, you went, went around went Lake Michigan. Milwaukee to Detroit to Milwaukee clockwise. Oh, remember <laughs> Yeah, but remember, when I got the call. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah. What the fuck? That's man, what. Man, that is epic. As shit. God, if we could harness, if we could harness the desperation of like yeah. a drug user into energy, like into oh man, something positive into one positive thing. Yeah, like we, we could solve like energy for all times. It'd be amazing. <laughs> 
But anyways, you, that really you like that you said you were a traveling opioid salesman. <laughs> yeah, it really was, you know. I, oddly enough, I got fired a couple months later. So yeah. Hey, can I ask you a question about this uh, little uh, this job you had? Did yeah. did you did you by any chance make any sales? Well, I, I exaggerated with the salesman. Like I, I said, I was a liaison guy, so I really was like a liaison. I had a salesman. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, this this is going to be a so, recurring. So they were already theme. sold. You were just their yeah, account I, representative. I would kick it up to the uh, RSM, the regional sales manager. You know, I'm just the. <laughs> they pay me to be like the bullshitter, where there's so no the, sales. But I do have to look for sales opportunities for him, so he can keep his gold caddy. Okay, because I was going to say your your ability to bullshit is uh, second to none. So how on earth could you have been fired? Well, there's another story <laughs> that happened over in Philadelphia area. You know the Lehigh Valley zone up there, north yeah. of Philly, uh, Allentown area, maybe. Is that true? Oh, yeah. <laughs> For so, sure. I thought you were going to say something about Metropolitan Escanaba. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> you know, I know the only thing I know about Escanaba is in the moonlight. That's all I got. I've Perfect. never been there. But anyways, I my friend Travis lived in Philly, so I would fly in. And we had a bunch of customers in Philly, so it worked out well. I'd stay at Travis's for free. And the night before I we was supposed to meet a client in the morning, we got shit-faced. This time I had a drinking partner, and we, we lived in the Maniunk area, which is like where the St. Joe's University is. It's a very lively area. Um, boy, we got destroyed really bad. And <laughs> I did. Travis was pretty more reasonable, but I... Yeah, I was addicted to drugs and I was out of control. I, <laughs> I got black drunk. It was the night. Oh shit! It was the night of Hillary Clinton's speech at the 2016 DNC. Oh my! Remember that white pantsuit? Yeah. yeah, it was that night. The, Travis oh, had a like. Oh, I remember. Roommate. Yeah, white Travis had a female roommate at the time, <laughs> and she was like real. She was younger, and she was really excited. Like Hillary Clinton's gonna be nominated tonight. This is a big night. And I was like just being an asshole about Hillary in the living room the whole time. Like, oh, fuck, yeah, here we go. Yeah. Oh, I don't even know what I was saying, but I was ruining this woman's night. This was like a special moment for this young woman to see a woman on the brink of the presidency, or at least it seemed so. Uh, on the brink anyway. of losing the presidency. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> That's why I feel like my booing is completely validated, or my naysaying, whatever I was doing. It was more like, uh, what do you do when you're up there? Uh, comedy people and you yell at them heckling her. yes i was heckling her that's what i was doing oh you were so heckling anyway, her. Yeah. okay I, I was supposed to have an appointment the next morning and i woke up and it was like an hour and a half away i was way behind i was hung over everything was hell and i when i got there i was 45 minutes late <laughs> they couldn't they couldn't get a hold of me i i was like totally dismissive of them when i got there it was the first time i met them and that was kind of the thing that you talk about my legendary bullshitting skills. They kind of went out the window that day. <laughs> I actually alienated the count so bad that they demanded that I be removed <laughs> so, or else they were going to walk away from the contract. So, yeah, that's all. <laughs> that's fine, man. Good, good, good for you for fucking up. Who fucking cares? Like, you know, I mean, could we just live in a world where we can be, you know, 92% proficient at our job and and that be good enough like hey you 8% of the time you're you're a goddamn drag but damn it you're you're really you know like you're good enough that's fucking funny 92 is pretty good uh actually this whole uh this whole pandemic is you know with everybody working from not everybody but many people working from home 
you know, if you can get your work done in four days instead of five, uh, why aren't we working four day weeks or six hour days? <laughs> if you can get it, if you can get it done, the thing is like the companies might be okay with that, but then they're going to reduce your pay based on the hours you work. And I was like, you know, why are you paying people for the hours they work and not the work they get done? So because there's a value in surveillance. That's what I think that there's a value in a company surveilling its employees. And that is how, how do you put a price tag on that? I think companies have a really high price tag on that, but like, the lowly worker doesn't understand it that like, Hey, we would rather have you here for 40 than at home for 30. Even if you're getting more done at home, because the 10 extra hours that we can basically just have our fucking talons inside of you is (laughs) worth it. I think instead of, instead of there being a value in surveillance, I think there's more of a fetish in surveillance. It's kind of just part of the the apparatus of just uh, beat off a lot to surveilling people. Yeah, dude. I'm just like whacking off as I pay you a a, a fucking $50,000. I'm like, oh, Luke's only getting a salary. (laughs) That's part of my job now. He could could do it at home, but he's in the office. Like we're we're not I don't have a video feed of them, but I have this app that knows exactly what they're doing. If they made a mistake, it's it covers every car from uh park to ready to delivered and like Shut so up. oh I'm not kidding. So I could just sit here all day and be like, What's this shit? My boss would be like, Hey, what's going on with this car? I'm like, What the fuck? Oh and my you can God. make and you can make whatever case you want. You can just like pick and choose it says power you do not want. Yeah, like <laughs> Well, I see that cars are going missing once in every once every 50 years. Something's going wrong. So I'm going to point at that info. It's oh, info. Stolen vehicles. Bro. Yeah, it's about info. Point. <laughs> Meanwhile, what the hell is going on with Facebook being an illegal monopoly? I don't know. I didn't read much about that today. But. It might have to be something next week. Mike, you have to wrap it up, don't you? I do. You guys could stay enough if you want. And you keep talking if you're feeling the flow. So. How do we okay. stop the uh, how do we stop the recording? I'm here. I'll stop it. What I'll do is this is the magic of this. I'm going to start doing another podcast on this screen over here, but I'm just going to mute myself here while you guys continue to talk. And when it's finally over, I'll end the broadcast and you guys can walk away and I will have not interfered with the rest of this broadcast while I'm broadcasting right. over here. Uh, so you won't be interfering like you have been for the first 45 minutes. I know. Fucking <laughs> finally, right? So great. Just keep talking. I'm muting myself now. We'll, uh, we'll keep it going. The show we'll keep it going for a little while. Great. Great. I'll Luke, be I gotta ask: Is is that your? Do you do you work at at this desk in your basement? Mm-mm. No, no. Um, this is where the microphone is set up. It's if a if I'm upstairs, uh, anybody who understands the uh, classic 1950s American ranch will understand that uh, walls are paper thin, and so are all the doors. And so if I'm up there, like I can like. Kristen's voice will literally come through the the microphone, even if I'm in another room. So it's like it all day through work. It's kind of like that too. It's like people can actually hear, they can hear me talking in the other room and and people I'm talking to can hear her talking in the other room. So uh, we just decided to, I figured it's just easier to to do in the basement, but it feels, it always feels like I'm in a bunker and the lighting is weird. So kind of like 
it looks dreary and it looks like I'm asking for help, you know, like I'm really. Well, like, look at me, I mean, I, I, I'm in a basement right now and I'm fucking pale. It looks like I need to eat a steak. <laughs> <laughs> it's the red shirt, though. You take the red shirt off your skin immediately. No, no. Pops up real fast. No, I look sickly. I look like I need, I need. Uh... No, you've got the beard going. You look good. Just uh, it's, uh, it's a yeah the Wayne the Wayne scatting is the wrong color for your your pallor. <laughs> Except it's you guys it's kind of it's awesome. A, the best goddamn Wayne scouting because that is like that is a relic. That kind of basement is a relic. They're like fucking pine. What, what what is that? It's just it's just stained pine, right? Oh the yeah, bar. that's it's the bar. bar. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's where I thought you were. Yeah, is there... <laughs> look at that big ass speaker too. Sitting bar. at the bar. Yeah, dude, that's uh, your that basement's great. Are you letting it just uh get cluttered up because you've got no will to live anymore? Because yeah, <laughs> well, I, I no, like, like it, no judgment. I, I mean, my my shit's getting cluttered like crazy, and it's like every weekend I'm like, okay, this is a perfect time to declutter this thing and clean it up. But it's harder and harder every week. It, yeah, we have storage issues. We've got shit from the back porch that we brought in. I got like, oh yeah, it's know, winter time too. So got like you got four a bunch bags of, of empty beer cans. I've got, <laughs> you know, take a look around. Take a look around for places that are looking for uh, donations. That's how we got rid of about. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to say roughly ten to fifteen bags of cans. Well, I have delusions of actually recuperating that money and reinvesting it in more more alcohol. So, <laughs> uh, but they were uh, for the first six months, at least for the first six months of this, there were no places that had their bottle returns open. So it was like shit. It just they just kept accumulating, and it was ridiculous, you know. So I had to get rid of it, and uh, we donated to like um, some animal uh, rescue shelter. They were just they put out a notice on. Facebook or something saying they needed they were doing a can drive and somebody Hey guys, Mike Obi, I'm back again. Oh, Hi. Uh, Sorry to interrupt. Uh, man, you, uh, so I know I left the show already, story. but uh, I'm going to try something. I'm going to try to leave and let you guys keep recording and let me know if it works and I'll come back in and you let me know if it was still recording. Okay. okay. All right. Here I go. Bye. <laughs> oh yeah, we're recording. Oh hell yeah. Finally we got rid of that guy. Jesus Christ! As, yeah. as finally as it as it was meant to be. So, <laughs> so I do I do want to say you know as we go into um it into it, it worked great. Uh, can you uh, text me when the show's done and I'll end the broadcast. Guys? <laughs> now I'm leaving yeah. for good. All right, I'm done. Bye. Sorry. Bye. See ya. <laughs> Bye. Um. Yeah. Uh. So, dude. All right. So uh, we've been. We need to, we need to start addressing uh, this this political situation. I'm not. I don't feel like I've got really the balls for it today, or like the uh, the wherewithal. But uh, man, have you heard? Tease it up. But have you heard this uh, this fucking leaked audio from uh, this Biden call with all these uh, like civil rights leaders and the the leaders of the NAACP and people from the ACLU and and like Al Sharpton and Have you heard this like leaked audio? No, it's a fucking crazy. So it was a Zoom call. It was supposed to be. It was a closed call, and part of, like, the initial part of the recording, 
This they, is real. I just want to make sure this is real, right? You're not you're not veering into <laughs> QAnon shit, right? This is total. It's totally real. It's okay, totally, like, oh, I, I'm real. putting my speakers on. I'm just grabbing a beer. So keep talking. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. I hear you. I can hear you. Man, we got to keep pressure. Did you sign that uh, change.org student loan thing? Uh, no, I did not. But I do have change.org um, emails that come to my inbox. I just I haven't really looked at it in a long time. I'm, I'm going to forward one to you. It's about canceling student loan debt. I'm going to send it to you. I got nothing showing up in my email right now. I wonder if I, I, wonder if I accidentally just silenced the... I mean, there's a lot of bullshit on change.org, so. Yeah, there, there, there is. Yeah, send it to me. Um, can't hurt. Yeah, but. Uh, I'll definitely take a look at it. Anyhow, you know, <clears throat> John Scott can jump into this at any point. But, yeah, this is not, um, this is not like a. It, no, there's this actual, like, leaked audio. It really. I don't know, man. It's like I've been trying to give. Okay, I, I'm gonna be honest. Uh, I fucking I I know what Joe Biden is, and uh, I I have no goddamn hope for him whatsoever. However, listening to this uh, this leaked audio is just like goddamn depressing on like another fucking level. Um, you know, he's talking to these uh, these leaders, you know, from like you know NAACP, you know, like Reverend L. Sharpton, uh, a lot of uh, community organizers. And it was a closed, it was a closed Zoom call. So the, the call starts off like, okay, everybody, this is a closed call. There will be no recording, but somebody fucking recorded yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, of course. Every, everything's recorded at all times. It's weird, yeah. though, because with the Zoom call, it, it immediately gives a, it puts a banner up. Well, you yeah. just hold your phone up to the speaker. And exactly. Okay, so you can just do that. Exactly. So this is your work call? This is the this is the Zoom call that that leaked uh, recently on the uh, on the Intercept. So the, the Intercept has uh, you know a, a splinter pod called Deconstructed with Mehdi Hassan, and and Mehdi's a, 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 a tiresome fucking dickhead. He's very hard to listen to, um, but he's but there there's also uh, Ryan Grimm who who gets on there. Ryan Grimm is one of the the uh, reporters journalists for uh, the intercept and ryan Grimm is very good and yeah he put out a recent episode on deconstructed which is like 15 minutes and it's like kind of excerpts of these uh, audio audio clips and whatnot it's just i don't know man but, but I, it gives me the level of confidence i had in him was fucking virtually zero and it just gets worse every time I hear him fucking talk, and especially the way he, the way he treats everybody in this call and his like posturing is, it's like out of control. I don't know. He just seems like a fucking psycho. He's constantly he's doing the Donald Trump thing, you know. He's an egomaniac. Nobody has done more for this community than I have, you know, saying shit like that, which is just like completely fucking nuts. So I recommend definitely listening to that because I do want to go into it uh, for the next episode. I actually want to, you know, give it a fair shake. Uh, I'm not just going to shit all over it. I just, I think it's, it's worth discussing. And now that we're getting through some of the, you know. So, so uh, what, did Biden, what did Biden actually say? Uh, I, I don't want to like go and repeat it. I was going to try Par to arrange. Just paraphrase it. Uh, so 
Give me a second to remember. Um, there were so many choice uh, choice excerpts. Because this is they a, were like, asking just, him. Oh, well, they were asking him. So one of the main questions right off the bat, I meant to take notes. I didn't take notes because I was like in the middle of trying to do my other job at the same time while I was listening to it. But um, they were they were asking him uh, or addressing the issue of uh, policing and not necessarily defunding police, but he went on a, a rant about defunding police and how that, um, you know, that destroyed Democrats in the down ballot, uh, down ballot races. Uh, I, I, you know, you can agree with that or not. I don't really think that's, that's not important. That's just like something they like to throw around at this point, but uh, they were, <clears throat> people were addressing, you know, the need for immediate police reform. Uh, he just, he just was hitting back at, at them for, uh, for everything. There was, um, somebody made a comment about, uh, Vilsap. Is that who it is? Yeah. Uh, yeah. For, for, Tom Vilsack, uh, the Department uh, Vil- of Vilsack, Agriculture. Vilsack. That's right. And it, it just, it was all, it was super contentious. It was really weird. Uh, I just didn't, I didn't like the, didn't like the approach. I didn't like the the weird bravado coming from him, especially uh, given his actual record uh, over the course of his like forty years in Congress. But I I think it's definitely worth listening to. I don't want to misrepeat it, and I don't want to be totally inaccurate. Um, I'm just going to tell you this: that even though I can't remember the fine details of this conversation. Uh, I was planning on listening to it again, and they, it just gave me a really fucking it just gave me a bad, gave me a bad feeling. And I just, I don't know. I didn't like it. Uh, I didn't like it at all. It sounded bad even for him. And I think we should all listen to it. I'll share it out with everybody. But if you want to listen to uh, the 15 minute like episode on uh, from Deconstructed, that's the podcast. Yeah, yeah I've got that. So, I, I found that here. I'll, I'll put it in the chat. Even even thirty seconds in, you could you know you could even play it right now and you'd hear a clip. But uh, I think we should we should all just listen to that and you know just it, maybe just maybe use it as like a wedge to discuss other things too. But I, I think that's something we should discuss you know more in depth. Uh, but again, I, I listened to it earlier today. I was in the middle of doing other work. I didn't have time to make uh, good notes here, and so I'm just going to be totally honest about that this is today it was posted today inside biden's meeting with civil rights leaders <laughs> yeah okay yeah 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 and i, I was mean, just, it's, I, it's like whatever there's you know there's supposed to be there's, there should be like an assumption of privacy over certain yeah. meetings like this i don't think that like it's you know i don't think there's anything particularly like particularly like uh you know noteworthy about the fact that people say stupid shit in closed door meetings, but uh, it just, <clears throat> I think it just, uh, well, especially when, I think it's revealing. You, you can't have an in-person meeting right now. So you have to have it online. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's true, but I mean, it's, that's you know, thing. We, like we, uh, if we're dealing with someone like a, like a, if it was Bernie Sanders, my candidate of choice, and he was, going on and on and on or you know and he was acting this uh combative with people that are just asking for like very reasonable uh reasonable measures to be taken um 
I'm not sure how I would respond. I, I would probably forgive him and let it go because it's politics. But you know, because it's Biden, uh, I, it's I, I particularly hated it. But nonetheless, it is. It just it, it's like when it leaked. Uh, it leaked early on from his from his advisors after they had that that call with a bunch of like Wall Street people where they said, don't worry, none of this is going to happen. We're just doing this to keep the war and people happy. Let me just read this you know. excerpt. So this is Biden. So there's some things that I'm going to be able to do by executive order. I'm not going to hesitate to do it. But what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to do what used to. Vanita, you and Vanita Gupta is the person he's talking about. Yeah. You probably used to get angry with me during the debates when you'd have some, some of the people you were supporting saying on day one, I'm going to have an executive order to do this. Not within what, not within the constitutional authority. I am not going to violate the constitution executive authority that my progressive friends talk about is way beyond the bounds. And as one of you said, maybe it was you Reverend Al, Al Sharpton. Yep. Whether it's far <laughs> left or far right. There is a constitution. It's our only hope, our only hope. And the way to deal with it is, where I have executive authority. I will use it to undo every single damn thing this guy, probably Donald Trump, has done by executive authority. But I'm not going to exercise executive authority where it's a question, where I can come along and say, I can do away with assault weapons. There's no executive authority to do away that. And no one has fought harder to get rid of assault weapons than me. Me. But you can't do it by executive order. We do that. Next guy comes along and says, well, guess what? By executive order, I guess everybody can have machine guns again. So we got to be careful. I mean, I, I know I, it doesn't sound it doesn't sound unreasonable, especially the way uh, you're reading it. I mean, I'm just reading but, text. I don't know what his tone was. You know, his, his tone, his tone is bad, but I'm willing to just like forgive that. I mean, whatever. Who cares about tone? Um, I guess it, I guess my point is, in a supposedly private meeting, you're going to speak frankly. Sure, and you you should speak frankly though all the time, um, for the most part. Not all the time, but you should speak frankly for the most part. And additionally, this was in, uh, I believe this was in response to uh, you know questions about things that he could actually do on his on his first day in office. You know the, uh, the you know the. American Prospects, uh, you know, day one agenda project mm -hmm. uh, where they discuss the 270 different things that a president has like basic unilateral authority and, and is all constitutional, you know, under under the, the, the valence of the constitutional protections do. And, uh, you know, to see his first his immediate response uh, this early on, not even he's not even in office. <clears throat> I guess how, how else would he describe his first day? Um, but you know, it's, it's this early on and he's, he's taking such a, he's taking such an aggressive uh, stance against doing any of the things that he actually could do. So yeah, undoing quote unquote, the things that Trump, uh, Trump did through executive order. That's, that's fine, but that's not what any of the demands really are. People aren't just saying, you know, roll back what Trump did and everything that Obama did was great. Uh, they have actual substantive demands and uh, he's just straight up telling people like, go fuck yourself. I'm not doing any of this. <clears throat> and he's claiming it's unconstitutional and that's a lie. That's just a bald faced lie. It's not unconstitutional. Some of these things are not defined in the constitution. 
Um, but if you don't exercise the authority or at least make the attempt to do it, then the constitutionality of said thing uh, can't be determined to begin with. So that's a really easy place to like, you know, that's a really great spot to just not start anything or not even try. And that's the thing I, I think that's really getting to me is the, the signaling right now, like, don't get your hopes up. Don't expect shit. Like none of this is going to happen. And not to mention all the things that, you know, they've been saying they, they would do if they didn't have a Republican fucking Senate. And it's like, bitch, you don't even have that established yet. <laughs> well, my reading of this is let's get these two Democrats elected in Georgia yeah. and your demands <laughs> uh, defunding the police. Cause this is really about defunding the police, that slogan and that, that sort of, uh, he, I think I actually think you know, we listen to the listen to the audio because there, there's do they in the excerpt there does it have the question that was posed to him before his response or is it just well because so, I can't remember the question that was asked you know I again not having listened to the audio and that was uh, that quote I read was the main that was the only major excerpt on the intercept page that was linked oh, okay to yeah New York yeah Times summary New York Times says he's talking to civil rights activists about plans to overhaul uh, policing until after the Senate runoff in Georgia. So, I mean, again, you have to be, you have yeah, to be a I mean, political operator here. You know, Biden wants John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock to win the Senate races in Georgia, uh, which, which uh, unarguably, I think we can all agree would be better for this country than having David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but this is this is just the state of our politics. It's like, yeah, okay, fine, it's better. But well, and, and this is this is kind of my problem. This is my problem with uh, the Intercept, and well, Glenn Greenwald is no longer actually at the Intercept. He he was kind of forced out because uh, uh, people there. I feel like he chose he chose to leave because he said he was getting fucking uh, censored. Well, he's he said he was for yeah, he said, yeah, yeah. I think he's a bitch. I think I, I, I'm, a not, I'm not a fan. Bitch. I'm not a fan of Glenn Greenwald, but I listen. I I'm, I'm I think well, I'm interested in what Glenn Greenwald has to say, even if I disagree with it. Sure, the dude. I mean, he's produced valid, very valid reporting over the years. You know, I just don't yeah. particularly like his personality or something. I don't know what it is. <laughs> He just kind of rubs me the wrong way. So the Intercept publishes this audio, which, again, not having heard it, but it it really sounds like classic political backroom cloakroom conversation, where you're trying to hammer out a deal because politics is ugly. It's about it's about achieving consensus. It's like mm -hmm. Larry David said, quid, what's a great quid, quid pro quo? That's... Quid pro quo or, quo or or in the Larry David uh, uh, stance on it is, you know what a good compromise is? It's when everybody's unhappy with the outcome. That's a good compromise, okay? Everybody's unhappy. Uh, but that has to be hammered out, and it has to be hammered out in the back room. And, and yeah, you know, like the idea that Al Sharpton is uh, uh, the spokesman for something. Uh, Al Sharpton's I, uh, a clown. Thank uh, you. Okay, I, I was. I didn't want to say it. <laughs> I think he's a clown. I. He's you know, fucking, it doesn't mean he, he hasn't is a been grandstanding clown. It always doesn't has. mean he can't be right about some things, but I think he's a clown. He's but right about some, just some things. He's not like one of these consistent. Uh, 
you know, thought uh, thought leaders. He's no Malcolm X, put it that way. But I, I, I do think the, con- the conversation around defunding the police and that particular slogan and idea is a stupid idea. For sure. It's a, du- it's a dumb idea to begin with. It's meaning, meaning that it, it doesn't link up the fucking language with the thing that it's supposed to do in a meaningful and coherent way. It just talking it, about reprioritizing yeah, it came how out, policing works or reimagining mm-hmm. how policing works. But even so, living in a place that is a high crime fucking place, I don't want to see any fewer cops on Detroit street streets. Yeah, and I, think I think a lot people of people uh, don't want that. A lot of average black people too would say yeah. the exact same thing. It's not the yeah. Well, I, I think we. I don't know. I feel like we understand this debate yeah. and like how it got fucking off the rails, uh, you know, this summer. I I don't think that slogan was politically useful to anybody. Uh, I think it hurt the the movement that it was actually, you know, designed to to uh, cap off. And, you know, then, you know, uh, it's, uh, Republicans use it against as a foil against the um you know the the people supporting uh, Black Lives Matter movements and because it, 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 it just jumps it jumps right over reform. It like in between is like a reform argument, which is super gray, and you don't want to like jump over that. Like that's why yeah. you know defund the police is so ridiculous is because you're not. So we're not talking about reform. We're just talking about, you know, we're just talking yeah. about defunding. No, like it's it's the same as gun. Like I'm actually, I support the Second Amendment in a way that's like you can have the musket that was allowed in 17. <laughs> like, I agree. You, you, no, 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 you can have a gun. You can have the fucking it. gun. You can have the gun. That you were allowed in 1783. And yeah, it's you're pushing gunpowder gun into the chamber and shit like that. You can have that gun. You can have that fucking gun. I'm cool with that shit. Yep. But you know, in a world where things change every five minutes, like I'd like to talk about something from 250 years ago. <laughs> like yeah, and that's well, and that's and that's what it is. This goddamn document is not. It's not the fucking Bible, man. No, he said no, it's, it, a, it, it, it's fact, a rubber band, man. It's a rubber yes. band. It's a fucking yeah. piece of rubber. Exactly. It's supposed to be a living, breathing document that changes and grows and uh, evolves. But not to mention <clears throat> in this in this debate over this stuff on the police shit that you know I I feel like any argument against it is clearly in bad faith. At this point, I feel that it's pretty obvious to me, really, that everybody understands what defund the police means. I mean, other than some very um, off-the-reservation lefty types who are pushing for actually getting rid of uh, the entire police. I don't uh, think so, man. I don't think people understand. I don't know. I don't think people people understand it at all. I don't think people get it. I don't think people understand it, man. Yeah, I think you're assuming that your level of understanding is like 
commensurate with the yeah because it's not very smart no i know but that (laughs) That understanding is not that high (laughs) but you have to understand that people i mean off the record you got to understand that people are stupid (laughs) as shit we don't want to alienate our listeners (laughs) no it's okay it's okay man it's it's okay it's about like access to the information and although we should all be living ideally we're all living in a world where we have the internet and shit no man i i don't i don't think people understand it that way like we do like us three do but yeah man i i'm I'm not sure i i i hope people do i wish people did but i don't know man defund the police like people it's it's a matter of like how you're internalizing that or understanding that minneapolis just cut its police budget you know they passed completely no not completely but they've reduced their police budget they didn't defund it. They rerouted funds by like fifteen percent, or what? Or like what? Yeah, yeah. I, it was like fifteen percent, and they didn't reduce staffing. So basically, what that means is you're going to have police officers who make less money, mm-hmm. and maybe mm-hmm. maybe you reallocate the kinds of police officers you have. You know, maybe you have fewer, uh, whatever. Uh, I don't know. The department well, has to make those decisions, right? Well, well, part of the, the, the I, th- I think part of the, like the, the main argument is that even if it's, even if it's just correlational, the idea that the police budgets are basically never um, sacrificed, you know, year over year and, you know, budgets for public schools go down. You know, I, I think it's kind of like, it's looking at these two broad, you know, patterns and just saying like something is like fundamentally fucked up here that public schooling, the funding for public schooling goes down. Um, budgets stay the same or go up for police officers or they go down very slightly, but they don't ever really track with, you know, public education. Um, <clears throat> in the end, they're, you know, one of the consequences or results is like, you know, police officers are basically you know, stand-ins for, you know, kids that don't go to school anymore. You know, they're, they're um, schoolmasters for, for kids that don't go to school anymore or can't get bussed, you know, to the school in the next, uh, you know, mm-hmm. next city over or whatever it might be. That These are just, these are just like things that, you know, I, I think are important. I think this debate, to me, this debate was actually very fucking unfortunate. I don't think it had a place uh, in this year's uh, politics in the way that certain people think it did. I think it really skewed the uh, point of view of a lot of people. I don't think it was coherent. And I don't think most people understand it to be exactly what it is, which is, you know, essentially, I'm not saying, I'm not saying police salaries need to go fucking down. They need to stay up. (laughs) You need to have, these guys be happy in their jobs and feel fucking fulfilled and you need them to be able to pay their bills as well. Uh, because who the hell wants a pissed off fucking angry cop who can't afford his fucking bills? Yeah. Who wants That's a pissed good. off? That's a bad off, thing. Who wants a pissed off teacher? But who wants a pissed shit, off firefighter? Exactly. Who but wants the extra, the extra funding is the stuff like the, the SWAT stuff and all that. Like, 
there's there is an argument to be made, but like that's not the debate that's happening. The debate is all over the fucking map. And you just have people yelling defund the police, and then you have people in bad faith saying we can't defund the police, even though the people that said defund the police meant refund it or like change the change the change your priorities. The priorities, exactly. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. Uh, yeah, which is I said that in five seconds. No, I what you said was exactly right. And I unfortunately I think people, you know, it's not like you you it, it is somewhat zero sum. If you take money away, mm-hmm. I don't know. You're not, it's, it's not like that is going to, impl- it's not, first of all, it's not going to get rid of policing. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it's going to degrade the quality of policing. Yeah. You want to pay people. Well, you want to make this a prestige yeah. position that is valued in a community. You want good cops and we need them. If you ask people who have live in high crime neighborhoods, they they need police. They really do. They don't necessarily need, want a prison industrial complex. You know, they don't want people exactly, uh, exactly. But they want protection. They want to feel safe in their communities. And yeah, the the the, the our your neighborhood, East English Village, is uh, you know historically was a, a cop and firefighter neighborhood, and people fucking love that, and it was a lot of pride in that. The the people that worked the community were lived there, you know that that's the kind of thing that like it needs to happen, but is not happening. Like that's the that's the thing that actually fucking helps, and yeah, you know taking making sure people are are happy in their work and uh good at it and the, you know that that produces that produces the outcome you want in the end which is to not have a fucking prison industrial complex in your city yeah and and it again it, it's it's such a basic fucking argument and it's so basic but this is where the like entropy of capitalism is like just seeping in and you can't just it's like where you can't just pay a cop 55 or a teacher 53 we should because it's just teachers should make a hundred grand they should make god forbid forbid absolutely in seventh grade math teacher makes you know 64 but you know, it, it's like when the dollar is more important, it there, there's like there's nothing like it, you just rely on people wanting to almost, you know, donate their time and energy like teachers. Now, it's like you're basically you're just a charity case now as a fucking teacher. I mean, you're you're like, I'll take I'll take thirty nine and then oh, you know ba- yeah. you're basically making yeah you're sixteen dollars an hour meanwhile yeah. you're 75 in debt because you got a yeah. teaching certificate yep. and, you know got a master's yep. in education or whatever that's where the yeah. structure yeah it's like i mean i hate to say it but every problem is is the human basically a human problem like we've created almost that that's like the root of my cynicism is that every problem is a human problem like well, we could well, just it's, it's always a problem with like the the like puritan work ethic 
for the process and work ethic. And uh, one thing I did want to add real quick, Matt, I'm sorry to cut you off, was <clears throat> just the the incentive systems. You know, I, I think I would say, I, I you know, I listen to a lot of like leftist podcasts and whatever, and, and I, there are a few that I listen to where they're just like, you know, they're just like, oh, fuck cops, you know, fucking fascists. And I, I just... I just can't get on board with that. And I feel like that's such a juvenile fucking point of view uh, when it comes down to it, because, uh, you know, working class, you know, one of the, the few it's avenues a working class. Job. Have, yeah. It's one a of the few avenues job. that working class people have to like decent employment and public service is being a fucking cop. And they don't, I would say 99% are not fucking fascist, evil assholes who get into it. I, I hate right. the notion I mean, that all cops are bastards. That's yeah, tougher than it's it's tougher stupid. than building it's tougher than building cars, man. It's tougher than making cars, it's tougher than digging ditches. It's yeah, how many fascists do you think if you were like you could be a fucking cop or you could dig ditches? I would right. I'd grab a shovel. Fuck Probably because yeah, I don't want to I don't want to shot. I don't want to get shot and I don't want to I don't want to come down on people like that. You know? exactly. So exactly. So then that is that was my actual point, which is the incentive structure is a complete goddamn mess. And to Scott's point, at like all of the all of the problems that we have, all the systemic problems we have are usually uh, problems of capital, or you know problems stemming from you know something like the Protestant work ethic. And the only reason I use that to describe what happens in the police department is that. Um, I'm not so familiar with the, the way police departments are structured to understand what the capital incentive is, but their system of incentives, their uh, the sets of quotas that they have, the uh, certain types of arrests, that type of thing, that's what turns like good people who want to like serve the community uh, or not, not turns them into like bad people, but that's also what incentivizes them maybe on a really bad fucking day to do the wrong fucking thing. And now they now you've got a fucking uh, person who's a horrible cop who, first of all, could have been someone who just made a big, terrible fucking error. Maybe a, uh, you know, maybe acted evil in a moment, you know, but doesn't necessarily make somebody totally fucking evil. And then, you know, also it it does it does turn people into grinders in a way that they didn't sign up for. Well, yeah, and if you look at policing and how how to change policing. It's a generational project. You know, Coleman yeah. Young was elected in 1974, and he was, you know, the first black mayor of Detroit elected on a campaign around police reform. You know, mm-hmm. Detroit had the um, the stress unit that basically was uh, was white cops who terrorized black people. In short, you know, it was yeah. there was there was serious problems in the police force the police force was 90 percent white i'm just making up numbers but it was overwhelmingly <laughs> white as the city became increasingly black so it was, yeah. it, there was a huge disconnect between the governing structure and the actual population so by the time coleman young became mayor he actually enforced a law on the books that said you know if you want to be a police officer you have to live in the city of detroit a law on the book it was a law yep. on the books that law has since been repealed by the way um the the, yes. uh, the the state years ago right yeah i think in the 90s the, the yeah yeah uh, the state supreme court declared that uh residency requirements for public uh official or yes. public uh, really? employees was removed 
Yes. Really? Yeah, that, that, was, um, that was federal. You don't have to. You don't have to live in the city. It was state. It, it was state. The state supreme court in Chicago, which actually has a terrible police force that has. Uh, you, Scott, you watch City So Real, Laquan McDonald. They have plenty <laughs> of issues. Uh, they still have a residency requirement in Chicago. So if you work for the the CPD or any public agency in Chicago, you have to live in Chicago, which is interesting. Uh, it does not necessarily equal representation. But anyway, Coleman Young yeah. did something. You know, I mean, this is like the best use of affirmative action you could imagine. He, he basically integrated the police force. He made it representative of the population. Mm-hmm. And you saw you saw major steps forward. However, you can't, you know, you still have the old element. You can't get rid of them. And they, their people's careers last decades. You know, by oh, yeah. the time Malice Green was killed by the Detroit police in 1990, whatever year, 93 or whatever, around the time of Rodney King, Malice Green in Detroit, you know, two, two white Detroit cops beat this black guy to death with, with flashlights on West Warren and 14th Street. It was just as, if not more appalling than Rodney King. More appalling. The reason Rodney King became a flashpoint is because some guy who had a giant fucking yeah, uh, shoulder mounted JBC camera. Yeah, he had one of these. Uh, he had one of these Maxwell VHS <laughs> <right>. dogs <laughs> loaded up in there. That's right. That's right. And he caught that shit on camera, and that that was a flashpoint in Detroit. It was a big deal too, but you know. But those guys who were on the force were part of a patronage system going back decades. They were part of, you know, there was an established power structure. It takes a very long time. It takes decades to change that. So, you know, okay, I'm going to fast forward to Obama and and the task force on 21st century policing. Some major reforms in policing, and I don't, I'm not an expert on this by any means, but there were some things that local police forces were required to do that to ensure that they were adhering to civil rights standards. And those are just beginning to bear fruit, but then you have a fucking asshole like Derek Chauvin who kills a George Floyd, kills George Floyd in. Minneapolis and sets it off. And then you have things like uh, in Louisville, um, uh, the young lady there, what yeah, was Brianna, Taylor. Brianna Taylor, who, who is a victim of uh, circumstance, really. I, I wouldn't say there's a malice in her death, but she's a victim of circumstance because of policies that existed. Mm-hmm. So now, now the public is reacting to these incidents and there hasn't been time for the thing to catch up. So now the, the rallying cry is defund the police. Well, guess what? Cutting the Minneapolis police budget by 15% or whatever it's cut by. Mm-hmm. Or, and if you were to cut the Detroit police budget by anything, the results to me are not going to be good in the long term. So, you know, to bring it all back to the Joe Biden call, which I haven't listened to, but which I read that thumbnail no, no, New York and, Times. And I'm being I'm being as I'm being super fair about it. I'm just saying we need yeah. to listen to it before the next episode. We should. And we should we should uh, come with some points on it. But I, I feel like yes. the 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 I I'm immediately sympathetic to what Joe Biden is saying, which is. Let's chill out here. Let's listen to, to what's going on. 
in these police departments, you know, like L Sharpton is a guy who's famous for quote unquote speaking for black people, but not representing them. Yeah. He should not have been in that meeting. (laughs) (laughs) So again, or or we should not know about this meeting, you know? Uh, Yeah. 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 That's, this is true. But Um, we do live in the 21st century and transparency is a kind of a, a, it's a double-edged sword. It's a great thing and a terrible thing. You know, like we want to know that the federal government is spying on us. Like, like Edward Snowden told us that, you know, Uh, but do I think Edward Snowden was right to do it? I don't know, but I do want to know that the federal government is spying on me. So, yeah. So he was right to do it. (laughs) I just went through like 50 years of police violence and, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, anyway. No, but you're, you're right. You know, I, I actually uh, really like your assessment. Of, uh, oh, don't get soft now, Luke. Don't, don't get. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm saving it for next week. Okay. Uh, uh... <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll, I will say this, though. I don't know if you guys have read uh, Coleman Young's bi- autobiography. Hard, hard stuff. Hard, hard stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck no. It's a, I read it's Thomas Drew's book, and that pretty much says it all. Oh, Sigrid's book is awesome, but yeah. Coleman Young's and, book and, and is David hilarious. Coleman Young is a fucking uh, a real, let's just say, capitalist. Uh, you know what? Coleman Young was dealt a shitty hand, but he's a he. Yeah. Oh, it's like okay, you know the like oh the so was Obama. That's right. Uh, we they they have Coleman, no responsibility. Coleman Young takes power as Detroit. Like it's like. Black power is rising as Detroit's stature is declining, and and yeah, like, that's where he's at. That Scott Scott definitely primed the pump here, and 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 basically took me to task for being too nice. <laughs> but but Coleman Young's book is a great read. It's it's really fun to read. What's it called again? Hard. It's called Hard Stuff. Yeah, Hard Stuff. I read that. A guy yeah, I read that a while ago. It's got a good cover. <laughs> Did you like? Yeah, he's got, he's he's at Tiger Stadium. He's got he's throwing out the first pitch. Oh, I, I'd assume the cover would be like the the Joe Louis fist, except it would just be a big cock called Hard I, Stuff. <laughs> also, also a great read. I refer to their junk as stuff. The the little red book, the sayings of Coleman A. Young. Have yeah, you seen that? that's good. Actually, that's really uh, good. actually, I I have I have read. Um, I didn't read the whole uh, the whole Coleman Young book. I do remember being assigned it though, uh, back when I was in college. So I have read some of that book, but and and it, an excerpt from that long, is, I don't remember anything about it. An excerpt from that is in uh, Studs Terkel's book "American oh, Dreams Lost and Found." Hell yeah, uh, which is a great is a great book. But uh, yeah, uh, Coleman. Uh, the the co-author of that is the guy who co-wrote Alani Wheeler, I think. He co-wrote uh Hank Aaron's uh autobiography. No shit. Uh yeah. That's fucking sweet. It is cool. Well, one it thing I cool. wanted to bring up, like maybe before we uh we sign off here really, is um you know when it comes to when it comes to honesty, we I brought this up uh I don't know when. It was on a prior episode. But I was probably ranting and raving to the point where, like, you know, completely immemorable. Nobody would ever <laughs> know what the hell I was talking about anyways. Uh, but 
I, I think about it all the time. It will probably be a continuing refrain for me, but uh, talking about Slavoj Žižek and his opinion that um, I don't want to, I don't want to go to fucking political meetings. I don't want to go to political meetings and I don't want to be constantly uh, taxed. You know, I don't want my time to be fucking taxed in order to, to go and, you know, weigh in at every single, uh, like I signed up recently for the, uh, I, you'll, you'll like this, Matt. Um, this is me eating a little crow. Uh, I signed up for Brenda Lawrence's tele, uh, <laughs> uh, tele debates or, uh, what is town hall, her little, yeah, uh, whatever. Yeah. Teletown halls. So I've, I've signed up for that. So uh, I cannot wait to report back when I, uh, actually oh man, I first one. send me the info. I want to go. I'll, I'll, yeah, join I'll, you. I'll send it to you. you that's my rep too. I think that's all of our reps. You, you gotta be willing. Yeah, I want to, I need to see that. You, you gotta be willing to, uh, put in a lot of personal information in order to get the invite. But, uh, I did that. And so I, I actually can't wait for that. But, 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 uh, she's next point was, you know, I, ideally we would live under a, a non-corrupt system. That way we can, we can go about doing the things that like fulfill us as individuals. Uh, we're not all, we're not all like politically minded or we're not all people that like to do activism and, and maybe that's a complete fucking waste of your talents. And it, it probably is for most people on the planet. I mean, who the hell has got the energy for that? Especially if you work a regular job and then add on having kids or, like, or just um, any interest or hobby anything, or whatever. Yeah. Add on anything. It's, it's impossible. It's like, it's just, it's impossible. You can't do it. I'm, I'm amazed at people that just have kids and go to work. It fucking blows me away. Yeah, man. And I got no kids, no animals. Yeah, it's still hard. No job. And it's, uh, right. it's hard for me to sit around. Right. When, when people so, ask so me about think- a pet, I say, it's hard enough keeping myself alive, <laughs> right. let alone a child or a pet. I'm a fucking dog, yeah. I'm a yeah, dog. Yeah. Having, a, having a cat drives me insane. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, the thing about the Biden thing, uh, the, the call, okay, so we, we can we talk about, like, tonality. We can talk about whether or not we're supposed, we're supposed to even be, you know, listening in on this conversation, yada, yada, yada. I mean, I'm, I'm totally fine with never having found this out. I, I guess... I'd be happier knowing it didn't exist or thinking it didn't exist. But, you know, I, I just, it does, it does uh, really bother me that I do believe 100% that if it was Bernie Sanders, you would have more consistency between the outside voice and the inside voice. I feel like the honesty with somebody like Bernie Sanders has always been his well to me one of his biggest selling points and i feel like dishonesty with somebody like joe biden is just such a it's part and parcel to him being a creature of washington i just think that bernie has been more honest regardless of whether or not you agree if we're just talking about honesty i don't think you can say that biden is an honest man compared to bernie sanders or I would say maybe we're dealing with degrees of honesty. We've been dealing with Trump for so long that there's no way you can, you know, that's that's off the that's uh, off well, the goddamn uh, reservation. Well, <laughs> but, let's, let's follow the thought experiment. So, you know, it's Bert, you're right. Bernie's great. One of Bernie's great attributes is 
you know exactly where Bernie stands on it on the main issues. You know, sure. He, he, Medicare for all. Uh, you know, various economic uh, sort of populism. So, you know, social democratic issues. It's clear mm-hmm. where Bernie stands. So okay. So he's in a conversation with representatives from the Congressional Black Caucus and Al Sharpton. And, <laughs> and uh, this is a good device. I, I appreciate it. M- Mike Duggan. You know, we'll put Mike Duggan in there. White Mike from Detroit. <laughs> um, is and that his they're talking. Yeah. Is that his nickname? Oh, he's running for term three, baby. He's going white for boy, it. My, white boy Mike. Dude, Actually, I just got I- this. How did I miss the white boy Mike? Yeah, white Mike. Where where is he at? Here? So wait, hold on. Is it white boy news. Mike or white Mike? White Mike. I I mean I don't know if that's his thing. I well, like Iron Mike because I was like I've been watching a lot of Mike Tyson videos lately too. So Iron Mike, I like it. Yeah, you but saw yeah. that. You saw that draw the other day. <laughs> I don't think that was much of a draw, was it? <laughs> did he slug it out, uh, Iron Mike? Tyson yeah, yeah, Mike. Beat the shit out of Roy Junior. <laughs> So anyway, I mean, it, was, it was still an exhibition. He didn't go. He didn't go hog wild. I was kind of. I was kind of hoping he would just like dog off a leash. You know, I, I was hoping he would just go insane. But uh, you know, they both got paid, and they're both like almost sixty. So I don't. I don't expect them to be endangering themselves. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was looking at my my newspapers here. I'm an old man. I get the newspapers. Dude, those don't even look like newspapers. Those look like um, things you printed off from your computer. <laughs> I mean, that's what a newspaper is these days. They just look so clean. You know, they look so clean. They don't. I haven't read them yet. Uh, but uh, anyway, so imagine this this call with Bernie Sanders, and mm-hmm. so what does what does Bernie just say? I mean, does he does he not talk about the political project of passing his agenda, or does he just say? In this country, we're going to do this, this, and this. And it's the same exact speech. Actually, no, actually, I think it's a, it's a, it's a fine point. But I, I think I think what you would hear him say is the same thing. But Biden is pushing his agenda, which is virtually no agenda at all, something right in the middle that is not going to make anyone happy. And, you know, under the under that, like, really really uh kind of just sick idea that like all all compromises are just bad for everybody uh and i think bernie would have done the same exact thing except bernie's actual beliefs and opinions would have just been different points and they would have been honest well first of all i think i think technically biden is honest i just think he represents he doesn't represent much i think he is trying to represent every side of every argument to every person in the, in the worst possible way. Uh, maybe it works out at some point, but like, let's be honest. Uh, the bar has been lowered so fucking far that Biden doesn't need to do shit. And he's going to be seen as a goddamn like revelation as a president. And he's not going to be, there's, there's not nothing. Well, by whom? I, I think he's got a huge uphill battle with, the 71 million people who voted for Donald Trump or however many. Yeah. Not to mention all the progressives that voted for him because they were like, they, you know, we all bit the fucking bullet at the last minute. We're like, you know what? Yeah, no, it's, it's insane to, to allow Trump to be president again. Cause that's fucked up. I guess the question is how many quote unquote progressives. And by that, I mean, 
How, how, I don't know. Why did you look? Why did you look left and right when you said that? Well, I, I don't know because progressive means different things to different people. Right, right, right. right. Uh, I'm just I kidding. consider myself progressive. You are, yeah. But, uh, you know how how many of them? You know what group are we talking about? Who is who is upset? Oh most no! People, and, I, and I'll just say most people are not that online. They're not that tuned into what the Intercept publishes. It's true. Yeah, this is 100% true. Well, it depends on your frame of reference, too. Like, to me, progressive equals being a human being. <laughs> like, if someone, if someone, you know, if, if Biden offered some human policies, you know, let's talk about, like, the edges of the Overton window that we like to talk about. Like, that would seem progressive, but, you know, is it really? And how long does it take this to, you know, how long does it take these policies to to hold? To me, progress, like, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm probably with you, Luke, and with you, Matt. Like, I'm, I'm progressive in that just being a fucking human being. Is like like is 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 progressive like okay let's let's talk about this middle class which basically constitutes you know eighty four percent of the populations like or seventy five or whatever it's like you got I I look at it's like these these people are poor and these people are rich and then these people are in the middle class like the widening how long have we been talking about like the widening middle class like how long has that how long has that conversation been going i mean i was listening to that when we were all rushing out to vote for obama in 2008 like the burgeoning middle class what the hell is any different outside of everything's basically more expensive versus your average person's salary. Yeah. I think that's a, you know, like here's the middle class, but they're just, they're moving downward. Yeah. And, for and sure. then this, this larger what's group is on top. what's happening on, yeah. what's happening on top of that. Well, though? they're extracting, there's like a straw down in here and they're sucking it. I, I drink your milkshake. Yeah, it's exactly that's exactly it's I, it's, I, it's I drink that, your milkshake. That is exactly <laughs> it. That is exactly it. <laughs> there will be blood as a metaphor for what's happening in 2020 America at the peach tree dance. Yeah, I can't handle these people. <laughs> it's like... Well, and and then you've got. Uh, there will be blood is a perfect fucking movie because you've got the preacher who is, who is the populist who is promising all things to all people, but he is not going to deliver. No, he's yeah. It's baseless. Yeah. Paul Dano just (laughs) throwing out promises to everybody and has no real, there are real repercussions if you can't deliver it's just on the church or something or you know it's it's the same yeah it's the same thing with trump it's like i promise you we're going to win but if we don't win he, he's it's like putting yourself in a position to never fail 
Yeah. If I deliver, I get all the credit. And if I don't, it was mm-hmm. never on me to begin with. It's a structural, it's a structural thing. And I think that social media, I don't know, but we can get we can we could talk for a thousand hours about it, but it's like the way that even the way that arguments are being structured. Yeah. It's kind of fucked up. Like, because I win if this and I I win if A and I don't lose if B. C D X Y Z. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it, this is this is really interesting. It's something I've been like thinking about a lot lately. Uh you know, well, just just especially in the last year or two, with the the political stakes are so high that you know it's like a it's like a you know just a like a centripetal force or something that that is like in the in the world that just is fucking distorting uh, every ironclad thing in the planet. It's you know it's like Magneto, you know, just like bending fucking bending uh train rails uh too as well and i and i feel like the stakes are so high for everybody uh, you know especially facing you know another kind of trump presidency or whatever the anxieties are that kind of come with that they they are you know they're so extensive that you know even even my my own you know approach to argumentation had kind of been warped over the last year i just you know not necessarily because of things like uh, social media in the way that we would think of it but just in the in the the existential dread in the kind of political environment i realized like you know having arguments with matt specifically you know i would i would rant on about something and and he would be like well yeah but what about this and it's like something that would totally totally have been prepared to argue about two years ago but it's like my my mind has been like warped and like you know uh, twisted by the the stakes at hand and i and i think that having having biden in office will i think re-level the stakes i think it'll actually help uh i I think there's going to be a, a massive segment of our population that still wants to go back to brunch and wants to ignore the president, not have to think about the president or whatever, which means like they're very happy to let, you know, virtually anything happen uh, under their noses and, and as taxpayers, you know, pay for wars or whatever that Biden is going to continue, um, uh, you know, waging uh, on, you know, black and brown countries across the world. Like these are things that are going to be happening, but I do think, that it's going to settle things down enough, maybe, where people start paying attention to, uh, you know, the the evils of the predatory like capitalist neoliberal system. So I'm 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 hopeful at least that that is going to be the case. I think the Trump element, the, you know, this fucking X factor, has distorted our has completely distorted our our conversation, you know, our discourse. You know, to the point where like people like Matt and I fucking could could have been uh, ranting and raving about the same thing four years ago. It's only recently that we've had like odd disagreements, <laughs> but I realize that some of those come from my point of view because I'm I feel so vested in it, and for one one brief moment, 
it felt like there was some hope for certain things that I've always wanted as a leftist. And those things are gone now. You know, we're back but, in the, But they're not. They're not. Now the is the time to get them. The centrist world. And that's that's it. Here's the here's the one upside. The one fucking upside is that given given the narrowness of the potential potential majority in Congress for anything that's democratic, there are eight solid progressives, which gives those eight progressives a lot more leverage than it seems right now. When it's close that, to is the thing that needs to be exploited. That is how you push is that you deny votes and maybe that, maybe that helps because the, the margins are so razor thin that every vote really fucking matters. And I'm, and I'm hoping, you know, I'm hoping my girl AOC (laughs) can hang in there. She, hey, but but her vote doesn't matter as much about, as Joe the Manchin's important vote. thing about her is West Virginia. Total time. Mm-hmm. Her, her vote, her her vote doesn't matter as much as Joe Manchin's vote does in West Virginia. Or are these? It depends on the issue. It, it'll, it'll depend on exactly what they're uh, debating about. Because Joe Joe Manchin is going to be uh, just a centrist vote in general. Like he's. Well, I guess I guess my point is that you know, because the the House is so. The, the Democratic majority is much wider in the House, and it's going to be maybe one vote in if if they win in Georgia in the yeah in the Senate yeah yeah one yeah runoff like we lose or whatever it's one one or two zero I mean like what's 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 really going to happen there. One thing, a, a I mean, split. you look at Barack Obama had a huge, oh, huge majorities in both in both houses of of Congress, and or both chambers, and didn't get anything besides Obamacare passed. Now it's a different time, you know. I think the Overton window has moved left. I think you could get more passed. I think you could get centrist democrats and maybe even a couple of republicans we'll see what happens if if two moderate democrats well, win in, Josh in is like <laughs> looking for uh you know trying to get stimulus checks out to people then hey cool. well that's a big deal right i mean the republicans well, it's, passed it's a big deal but he's coming out looking he's like coming out to the left of like people like pelosi you know what i mean guys guys like the republicans watch this the republic in two years they are going to fucking annihilate democrats in the midterms unless the democrats fucking wise up right fuck now and stop fighting the left because well, democrats people on the rights are going to fucking outflank the people on the left democrat, democrats need to take advantage of this moment where certain republicans like certain like elected republican officials like even dipshits like mitt romney are like a willing to just kind of come back to center and say human things like <laughs> Donald Trump lost. Well, I think we need to, you got to, we have to like take advantage of that. Not, not necessarily like we need to, you know, 
bring, you know, not, not that we need to bring senators over to the left, but like to realize that the, just the volatile nature of politics is like, especially right now, it's like week to week, it's day to day. It's, it's like, who can we get to just admit that Trump lost today? And I'm, I'm seeing that. I don't know. I mean, what I'm reading, I don't know what you guys are reading, but I'm reading that Republicans are actually, Senate Republicans are actually like, okay, I'm willing to admit that he lost. And yeah. Okay. Well, let's. They're done with him. They're fucking done with him. But they, what they need is a rebuke in an election so that they can truly break a tie. Cause a lot of them are afraid. They're afraid of these fucking people who in different eras would be committed to mm-hmm. institutions. Mm-hmm. I'm not even well, that, they, woman, they that, that woman in that Rudy Giuliani too. hearing. She's Go insane. Ahead. She's, she's mental. Who's this? I don't Waffling? even know her name. Whatever yeah, that the one, woman in the yeah, the woman who yeah in Michigan argued alongside. When you have uh, who's drunker than any of the three of us are, and holy we... shit, she's insane. <laughs> she is so fucking crazy. When you have Giuliani like trying to like bring you back to the fold, yeah, you're like, you're in outer space. Yeah, and, and there's there's <laughs> so that's thirty percent of the Republican base. That's 30%. 30, plus yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one third, yeah. Plus yeah. minus. I don't even know what the plus minus on that Over is. Over under, yeah, it's 33 and a half percent. There's a lot of nut cases out there. <laughs> it's a real gamble, isn't it? And and some of those people voted for Barack Obama. You know, it's not like they're they're people's politics on an individual level are completely sure. insane. They're mm-hmm. not rational, they're emotionally well, we- driven. But one thing you did say in our first episode is that, you know, people that are, you know, the electorate is very conservative. Yeah, I think it has certain conservative leanings, which to go back to Joe Biden and the defund the police, don't say stupid shit to get people mad at you when you have to explain your way out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, they don't have, they don't have, like, I don't have the mental capacity to think about what defund the police means and who I'm going to support. No, I, 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 I understand basic things that I want. And this is where Bernie is good. Bernie is about what he's for, not what he's against. Mm-hmm. So Ber- Bernie talks about things yeah. that, that, that are problematic, you know, uh, corporate interests, whatever. But what he's, he's always talking about a solution. And it's not, yeah. a tear, it's not even a teardown solution, even if it is going to dismantle power structure. So his his you know Medicare for all is about giving everybody something. It's about moving towards something, moving mm-hmm. towards an ideal. It's mm-hmm. not about destroy the corporation. It's about give people health care. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's messaging matters. So and and what would be the downside of having somebody like that in power right now? There is not necessarily a downside. But I mean, do you think sig- do you think Biden is better to lead this country than Bernie would have been? I do think Joe Biden is actually the man for the times, believe it or not. <laughs> I mean, his his 80 year old ass or how old he is. Blows me away. All right. Uh, we, we can talk like that. That's actually that might be a, a, a fun, you know, kind of uh, episode on speculation. Well, that, know, that because I mean, I don't actually know. But well, Luke, so. 
I just can't believe that somebody would prefer Biden over Bernie. So Matt, so Matt actually, and, and, you know, jump in if, if I'm speaking out of turn here, but like, that is one of the main things that I thought was powerful in the first one third of the Barack book was that he was just like, at some point, Axelrod or Ploof and or, you know, his crew were just like, don't talk, don't, don't get involved in a smear campaign. Talk about what you like. We believe in you because you have believed this shit for 25 plus years. You you knew when you were in college what you were going to run on so talk about what you're going to run on and fuck off on you know hillary's got a people know hillary's email account or some shit like don't are we talking about like because of whatever obama said he was running on it connects to biden it's like talk about what you're gonna do and talk about the positive things that you're gonna do and spend basically zero time talking about what talking about trump's deficiencies and talking about you know like we shouldn't be giving trump any oxygen sorry to i'm sorry to, to talk over you but the entire campaign was i'm not fucking trump Exactly. There was no positive reinforcement for fucking anything that Biden, the Biden administration is going to do, or even worse, everything they did say is the extent of anything they're going to do. They have no political will or interest in helping working people at all. They just don't. Rolling back things that Trump did ostensibly, I guess, does help working people more than the Trump programs did. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't see Biden standing for anything that isn't, um, you know, siding for what the fucking lobbyists are doing in the farm. I know, man. And, and I know that you j- just like me, like, man, I, I'm, I'm far left. I'm, I'm looking for progressive policy. I'm looking for, yeah. I'm looking for saying strides. I'm looking for strides. Uh, but, you know damn well this isn't how it works and it's fucking frustrating and it happens it's it's bill murray in fucking it's baby steps like oh yes baby steps steps. baby steps to the (laughs) affordable care act baby Baby, Such yeah, baby steps. Baby to, steps. Baby steps to the Secretary of State. Baby <laughs> steps to the fucking this. It's you know, I mean, it sucks, man. It's really fucking frustrating. No, I just, I just think honestly, I just think it's, um, I, I think from from the left, uh, the idea is to try not to piss off people like Matt, who are like smart and pragmatic, but also uh, try to constantly uh remember the the like moral authority that we have which is you know we are thinking in terms of you know fighting for the worse off and we don't think things are good enough and it's good to have that it's good to have that element in politics as well which is just the the constantly uh the the fucking bulldog that like continues to like push 
push, push, push things as far to the fucking left as possible because nothing is happening in the middle until it gets pushed further to the fucking left. What Biden is doing right now is he's sitting on his fucking laurels and he is uh, he's basically he's strutting around a lot and he's punching left a lot. He's bringing in fucking near tandem. I mean, we're going to talk. We're talking about this next episode because I've got shit lined up. And like, I think we definitely need to like actually get into a real like political debate about it. But, uh, you know, it's it's important that we don't say things like uh, we need to accept these fucking baby steps because the way, quote unquote, things work is only is only relevant because of the perception of consensus. And I mean, that's it. That consensus in and of itself is fragile, except that it's only fragile if it gets questioned. And it needs to be fragile in order for things to fucking move forward. Well, we don't. Fucking, my opinion, moving forward is moving left. That's my opinion. Sure. I think and that's and that's my opinion. As far to the fucking left as possible. That's why Bernie would have been great, because you have to go that far to get something to move just a fucking little bit. For sure, and that's, that's my opinion. That's my opinion, and I'm sure that's Matt's opinion too. Like we all want to like take a step to the left. But it's just like we don't know what is involved in that. The the fabric of our political tapestry is just so fucked up that it just takes so very long. It just takes like like I wish I like I wish Obama like what the hell did Obama really do in eight years like i love obama but like what the fuck in eight years like what was he able to accomplish and he had you know he had people even across the aisle by the nutbag and <laughs> what the hell you know like what well, was he really able to do i mean he did a lot of he did you know he did a lot of good things but that's you you look at obama's term and you're like two terms and you're like in eight years show me like show well the me. short answer to that is the affordable care act obamacare absolutely which which sucks again no it didn't suck because it kept me on health insurance four years longer than i would have been because i yeah, me too but it's yeah it kept me too that makes three of us okay so <laughs> that is measurable progress and there's a lot of people who didn't die because they had health insurance and i don't have numbers on this but it compared to where we were to where we ended up Exactly. It's it always in comparison. Huge. That that's the thing, and like it that is the, that is the pragmatist like point of view, and uh, I get that. I totally for, understand. Uh, I didn't have health insurance, and then when Obamacare came out, I got I got it. I went from I, uninsured to insured, and so it, was, so it, it takes a year. A it, it takes three thirty some year old white guys eight years under a president to get the affordable care act so you know i mean eight years ago dude i was and, and I a was, super majority uh, 10 years old you know like that's how fucking long it takes mm -hmm. well and and unfortunately for barack obama or for the country or whatever for us that was political capital used to to get that as Joe Biden famously said when he turned to Barack Obama and said, and it was caught on camera and he was mouthing, it's a big fucking deal. Yeah. <laughs> you remember that video? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and it's well, these people have no fucking sense of fucking creativity or I- idealism whatsoever. I mean, what, what yeah, man, who's to say is, is dude, they were started whoa. at single payer, they started at single payer exactly. So why didn't you get it? He had a fucking mandate, they he didn't have the mandate for healthcare. He decided to use he the, had the fucking mandate in the first two years and he used it. And guess what? It fucking he didn't get shit passed. He lost, he lost the Senate. Exactly. He got he lost the fucking Senate due to what? Racist? And that's usually what people are gonna tell you. But it's well no, he, he lost it because anything. I mean, for a number of reasons. You look at Scott Brown or whatever what the fuck was his name in oh, uh, yeah, Massachusetts. God damn it, that fucking psycho. They 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 took whoever was out of the was it Deval Patrick or I think yes, actually. But and, but Scott Brown, yeah. And they lost. They lost elections. I mean, that's just what happens in. An, all that it's to say happens. is, yeah. all yeah. that to say is, as as a friend of mine said, you're not gonna go from Trump to Trotsky overnight. <laughs> <laughs> what friend is this that's alliterating all the time? And this is an out of work bartender <laughs> on unemployment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, hey listen man i support my out of work bartenders because i want them back to work immediately i want to be at the bar keeping them fed and me absolutely yeah this this is that is the most fucking uh one-to-one relationship i've got in my life my bartender and me we can we can just go into the nights together as as us three i believe that us three are gonna go out and get real just real wacky like in september oh, I'm we're gonna we're gonna be raisins coming out of that fucking uh i'm gonna rock. i'm gonna insist that i get my we are gonna be raisins. in my eyeball <laughs> <laughs> by the way i'm gonna take it in the eye i'm taking it right in the fucking <laughs> this this luke as john ham frying <laughs> eggs is pretty amazing oh dude that's Oh yeah, dude, Luke, look at that. That's you. That's the sexiest photo of you frying. Did you just send that? Oh my god. Yes. So good, man. I gotta I gotta lose some weight, but uh you gotta get rid of that COVID 15. <laughs> COVID 19. I told you, god damn it. That's, that's gotta get cut now too. No, I'm talking about the 15 we all put in. COVID. Dude, I I I was telling Chris and like uh oh, the first few months in, I'm like COVID 19. This is already COVID 20, and like I don't even know where I don't even know where my limit <laughs> is. I have no idea where my cap is because it was like I haven't done anything different. I've gained 20 pounds though. I've done nothing different. <laughs> I've consumed less calories, as far as I know. I've consumed less calories. Dude, I was uh I gained 20 fucking pounds. My uh Stephanie and I I'm almost 230. We were doing keto. <laughs> yes, well, this is so this is historic, John Scott. I, I know you've been doing keto. So, yeah, keto is so keto juice. It's so stupid, man. It is like <laughs> it's the stupidest thing ever. But if you can do it for like 10 weeks, you're just like, oh shit, I was. Six three two thirty, and now I'm six three. I'm still six three, but I'm like two eleven. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? You actually lost weight during this time? 
Oh, dude, if you can commit yourself to a no, diet, to a, like, to, a spoil, to a spoiled, you know, expendable income diet of ribeyes and, <laughs> and, you know, white cheddar, avocado, and, you know, like coconut oil. God, sounds amazing. What dude. the hell? You're eating like a king. Oh, dude, do, do that. Yeah, do that for do that for 75 days and you're just gonna just melt away it's weird yeah ask matt man our buddy you do you know you know jeff george you know jeff oh yeah 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 jeff went keto he was quote unquote shredding for the wedding <laughs> and uh <laughs> drinking claws yeah just drinking, was the law. drinking law was the law, and he was eating steaks yeah yeah Didn't yeah a few years ago Ribeye. You got married like two days after you got married. That's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's two years. Yeah. Ago. I was pissed. I had to go to three weddings in four days. So <laughs> that's, right. that's what it was. It was a really expensive week. <laughs> you you took ah uh, you bit the real bullet though, man. You you came in you came in strong for us. But but Jeff lost some lbs. Oh yeah, man. You can you commit to it, and you can. You can lose, like, you start to get uh, what's known as the dick root, like the, fuck. <laughs> the lower the lower belly, like in between the belly button and the cock. You start to get, the, you start to get those, like, lines on either side. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. All I've really done was eat bacon and drink whiskey. Okay. All right. I got to get on this diet. This is, uh, I'm, I think I'm down with this. Stupid. And, and just cut actually, get on that keto juice. I actually don't think the, uh, I don't think I've got the need for carbs as much as I did. Like, I honestly, if I've got whiskey and bacon, like, I think I'm a pretty happy guy. Yeah. But do it nonstop for nine days and you'll feel like you're going to pass out. Can and then. Already feel like I'm gonna pass out anyway. So what's yeah, it's fine. So just do it. And so in 48 <laughs> hours later, you'll have 48 hours of feeling like you're gonna, you know, at any moment, like you're gonna bounce your head off, you know, the side of the couch. And then, <laughs> <laughs> but you you have to you have to stay, you know, hang tough, like like the new kids on the block would say. And you've got to just uh, power through. There's gonna be. 48 hours of horseshit, and then, uh, yeah, man, pork rinds. The only crunchy thing you're ever going to eat in your life is pork rinds. And um, and, and some fried steak ends, some burned fat on the end of a steak. Oh, yeah, shit. for sure. Yeah, yeah. butter. Yeah. So, yeah. So, the, so the good thing is that butter, oil, salt, uh, that's all really good. Good for you. <laughs> all good for you. That's all great. Yeah, it's it's all great. Man. Oh, dude, no. If you want, yeah, if you want to lose, if you want to lose twenty pounds, you can do it uh, in by, in eleven days. Uh, in in twenty five days, you can you can lose uh, yeah eighteen pounds. No shit, really? Is that is that rapid? Are you trying to do this? Are we actually talking to you about this? Because I'll sell you, I'll sell you the keto no, I mean, diet. It's it's stupid. It's not advisable, but 
Well, yeah. I mean, you know, anybody can handle like a kind of temporary, you know, this isn't like, uh, you know, like what Matt Damon did to like give himself a fucking blood disease, you know, by oh, like, yeah, yeah. Wait no, for we're not asking you to be Christian. This doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, this isn't Emil Hirsch in Dude, Into the Wild. Think about it. This Think, think about this for a second. I wanted to, I, I did want to like bring this up because I feel like we could talk about this shit for hours, but uh, you know, I know we're probably all going to wrap it up, but just, just think about uh, uh, Christian Bale going from American psycho to the machinist. And, and I was, I was like driving the other day thinking about the machinist. Cause uh, I, I haven't seen the machinist by the way. Cause I didn't seen. like it. It's not he it's not it. that great, but but I was sitting there. I was like, it's wow. it's pretty it's pretty great. It's actually pretty great. It, it, it's okay. So <laughs> it's not he. Scott's it's, a, it's a seven point. It's a seven point five out of ten. Okay, it's pretty great. It's pretty That's great. Fine. But but think about it. Think about think about the devastation he wrought upon his body for a seven point five out of ten. And and then and then if you're the director, I was just picturing myself as the director. And then, uh, you know, Christian Bale reads the script. And we're like, holy fuck, we got Christian Bale. This is great. And uh, Christian Bale's like, uh, no, I'm fully committed to this. I'm going to lose 150 pounds. And you're like, dude, you don't need to do that. <laughs> you just need to be skinny. You don't have to. You don't have to almost fucking. Die. You don't have to die. Like, I don't want to be worried about you on set. And then I started thinking about how crazy is it? One person's level of commitment to that role uh just just a script by the way it's just a script beforehand he doesn't know what the director is gonna do he doesn't know how the movie's gonna turn out he doesn't know how it's gonna be edited he doesn't know how it's gonna be received that level of commitment to me is fucking bananas i could never be in a movie and commit myself that wholeheartedly to a role that is potentially in a movie that nobody really is ever gonna fucking watch i mean the machinist was it was kind of a kind of big, but it was not, you know, it was not that big. Yeah, Isn't not a blockbuster amazing yeah. to you though? Like some guy almost he endangered his fucking life for a role in a movie. If you get if you were guaranteed five film. If you were guaranteed five hundred thousand dollars, you'd be like five hundred thousand. I don't it's weird though, but he was he was still what he I don't know that that's what he, he probably got paid more, but he was also but also, here's what he's done. He went he went down to that from the machinist. Then he went back up for I think he went uh, I can't remember if uh, American Psycho was before or after. But then he went up to yeah, that. American Psycho was like five years before the machinist. Five years before. Okay, so he went down for the machinist. Then he goes up for Batman. Then he comes back down for uh, for the the David O. Russell movie. The yeah, movie. Club. Oh no, the fighter. Yeah, the fighter. The fighter. That yeah. The fighter. That's probably my favorite. Amy Adams. Back up again for Batman Two. So he went from like a hundred and like eighty-five pounds, like ripped in in Batman, down to down to the fighter, and then back up to like a hundred and eighty-five pounds for Batman Two, and then he went back down again. I forget what fucking movie it was. It was Dallas Buyers. No, no, that was McConaughey. That was Leto and McConaughey. That was McConaughey. That movie was good. But dude, how crazy is that shit? McConaughey's done the same exact fucking thing. 
McConaughey has done the same fucking thing. The beginning of the McConaughey. Can you imagine committing to something before you know what it's going to look like? You don't even know what it's going to look like. You have no idea what the movie is. The beginning of the McConaissance was uh, <laughs> season one of uh, Hell yes. True Detective. Well, it, it was it was Magic Mike, really. Well, okay, so it was Magic Mike and... Which is a great movie, by the way. Well, it's, uh, also, it was... Um, uh, Joe. Contact treat. Uh, what was the uh, <laughs> Killer Joe? Killer Joe was the other one. The what about um, contact. Contact was not part of the McConaughey's. <laughs> no, the McConaughey's. The yeah, didn't start until like 2011. <laughs> what about Mud? I didn't mud see mud. it, but it sounds good. I, I've seen, yeah, yeah seen clips. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, six point eight out of ten. Oh, I'm into it. Okay. Did you guys see the beach bum? Wait, you give Machinist 7.5? You give Mud 6.8? That's ridiculous. Did, did you see uh, the beach bum? Machinist 7.9, Mud 6.4, then. If you if you want to. If you, you, you're if, elevating Machinist now? It went up? Machinist, Machinist is just about good enough to be an 8. Yeah, for sure. What about the beach bum? Did you guys see the beach bum? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Loved it. It was actually pretty good. Loved it. But it's one of those, it's one of those, um, it, it's literally like the subject matter in, in and of itself is the experience of watching the movie. Like, it's, if, you, it's if very, you've been to Key West, uh, I, I should have been to Key West. There. That's, that's a masterpiece. I know you got like thoughts on Key West, Matt. Oh, I love Key West. <laughs> and, and all it's like just spectacular absolutely it's fantastic <laughs> it's because it's going to be gone it's going to be underwater soon so yeah we all need to get out the fucking QS before uh, this climate change thing is uh, becomes real alright guys I gotta I can piss yeah. I, I can taste it I gotta piss yes. so bad and uh, I'm hungry totally cool um i'll text mike uh, let him know let him know we're done all right this was good this is not bad for a free flowing one mm-hmm. no i don't think so at all uh I, I i like it and uh i'm glad we recorded take care of yourself well, if if we do christmas eve since we don't have to spend time with our bullshit families yeah, yeah fucking no, uh, definitely not. uh after after getting burned uh for no no reason that we know that, that, yeah there's um i'm not going anywhere fuck that because christmas is a friday no work uh let's let's have a, a good time i want to talk about oh, yeah. oasis i want to talk about that oasis documentary Ow, oh, yeah. you like that i loved it uh we, oh, we've been we've been oh, it's all about what's in the tin of beans man so the tin of beans oh boy there's an actual oasis documentary you weren't oh, just watch watching? watch it you, it's you like sonic it? Do you like Oasis? I love their fucking brothers. They're complete assholes. I, 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 it's one of my favorite fucking things in the world. Uh, they're so awesome. Super they're just maniacs. My, yeah, maniacs. If you put a gun right here <laughs> and ask me what my favorite rock doc was, I think it's supersonic. Shut the fuck up. All right. Well, what, what network is it on? Uh, it's, dude, it's on like Netflix. It's on Netflix right, right now. All right. I'll, I'll find it then. Put oh, subtitles man. on. Enjoy that lingo. Enjoy that fucking lingo. Dude, they got those those yep, fucking yep, crazy yep. Ass, like cockney goddamn accents. You can't understand the fucking word. That, that man, that man, Cunian, whatever <laughs> it is. 
<laughs> yeah, man, they're well. I have a bunch of Welsh. Yeah, speaking of fucking Christian Bale, a bunch of Welsh twats. Shut up! They're Welsh. I no, thought they they're 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 Irish extraction mm-hmm. Manchester. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. Holy cow! There's, there's one point where he's like, Liam's like, we went to the pub and had a crack. <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is a crack? Oh, Dude, I looked up crack. I looked up C R A I C I G. Yeah. And it's it's an Irish, it's like an Irish Gaelic thing. Yeah. What are they talking about though? Is it a beer? No, it was just it's it's like good a rollicking time. good time. Yeah. Oh, there's Luke, a rollicking good time. Luke, oh, watch yeah. watch Supersonic. Yep, the top of your list has got to be supersonic. I'll fu- yeah, I'll fucking watch it. I'll watch it this weekend. Liam's yeah, a hero. Noel's a genius, but Liam's a Liam's a hero. He's cock of the walk. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. <laughs> I've never seen a boy rock a parker like that. <laughs> These guys. <laughs> He's got a better haircut than me. He's funnier than me. He can wear a parker better than me. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> oh, dude. When I uh, yeah, I don't want to. No, no spoiler alerts. Luke, literally, Oasis will be your favorite band for three weeks after you watch <laughs> You won't play a little footy in the yard? The, the first two Oasis records are so fucking good. It's unbelievable. Yeah, man. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely recommended. This makes, the line from it, does, Super it does make you happy to hear that. He's like... Uh, feeling supersonic give me gin and tonic tonic yeah give me gin and tonic and he's like they're he's like talking about like what am i supposed to not be around he's like feeling supersonic yeah give me a give me a bed at 9 30 give me gin and tonic i'm gonna fade out at quarter two like no fucking way (laughs) (laughs) i don't do it any justice but yeah they are rock they're the last fucking rock stars I oh, gotta, there's our boy. I'm gonna give you guys. A, yeah, we're still here. Some for some odd reason. I gotta give you guys a quick recommendation before we uh, sign off here. Uh, you have to listen to uh, the last uh, Chapo episode because they talk about Avatar being a masterpiece. And uh, what? Yes, it's it is one of the most clear, concise, coherent. Uh, theories of a film that I've heard in a long time because for years I've been like, Oh, I fucking hated avatar for X, Y, and Z, but there was something about it. I, I didn't quite, I felt like I was missing. And uh, you know, and then listen to this. Cause I, I just never bothered watching it again. You know, I never put any thought into it. And also when I saw it, I was like having a massive hay fever attack. So I was on so much Benadryl. I fell asleep there half the movie. So I always felt like I missed something. But I just assumed I didn't miss anything because it seemed like it was a stupid piece of shit movie, anyways. I never saw the, it. Uh, they they <clears throat> they do uh, like a real explication of it. Thought it was fucking brilliant. It was uh, super entertaining to listen to, and uh, I, I highly highly recommend everybody check out that last episode. Um, it's a free episode; doesn't require a premium feed or anything. But Chapo Trap House, uh, the last episode is uh, an Avatar movie review. And highly recommend it. We just trashed Memento on the other podcast. I can't. We all didn't think it held up. I couldn't believe it. Oh my god, dude! Oh, the last time I saw that movie, I was on mushrooms. See, this is it. That's this is exactly what happened. We all remembered it when we were like twenty, and it was like, oh, dude, that movie was mind blowing. Now you watch it, 
it's watchability is shit. And you, it's is it really? Gimmick. It really is. I couldn't believe it. Gimmick, I, I love that movie. movie. I fucking love that movie when I was 20 years old. We watched the shit out of it on DVD for three straight fucking, years. Yeah, I love Guy Pierce. I mean, I no do one, too. No I love one, everything about it. I love no jo- Joe Pantaleone. You know, I love all those guys. So. I think oh, a better guy, guy oh, Pierce so movie is probably um, fucking um, King's Speech. I haven't seen it. I've seen the King's Speech. Guy King's Beach. Where where is this coming from? No one wants to he watch. Plays, it. He plays King Edward. Yeah. Or the <laughs> other one. The guy who abdicates. So. What's a better movie? King's Speech or Memento? <laughs> That's a great question. Oh, shit. We should have brought that up. God damn it. I forgot That's about a ridiculous that. comparison. I, right, we said, though, like he was he was in LA Confidential and he was in Memento and he was blowing up and then like he became a side character. He, he never kind of Maybe he stayed that lead guy, and I just don't understand why that happened. Yeah, I want the same thing for him as I want for Topher Grace, just being more serious. Movie. <laughs> Ravenous, of course, right, Luke? Fucking Ravenous. I mean, Guy Pierce was on fire. Me? Are you kidding me? 97 to 2000, it was Guy Pierce Fest. So, anyways, Ra- I can't believe you guys are still on this fucking show. This I have is to go. I have to go. <laughs> yeah, Matt, we'll Matt's, talk gonna soon. Piss, Matt's gonna piss out of his mouth. <laughs> Bye, Matt. <laughs> See you, Matt. Goodbye. Just go over now. Should we end it? Yeah, we should probably just end it, I guess. Impressive. <laughs> I really didn't think you could. I mean, I did an hour and a half show, and I'm back. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, well, yeah we, your commitments, we know where your commitments are. We cut I, it up. Oh, great. Now I'm getting shit from both sides. I'm going over there, and Travis is like, oh, what's your hoe is? Yeah, no, I'm just kidding, but Travis is I know you are. Travis uh, is yeah. 100% serious. I don't know. What's going on? Yeah, people are giving me shit. All right, I do many podcasts. It doesn't mean anything. I'm not a star. I'm just a dude. Oh, hey, love you, buddy. Talk to you soon. Yeah. All right, is it over? All right, peace, guys. Yep. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> this was the Is It Safe podcast. <laughs> See you, Mike. See you, John.